Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, Puerto, Re- Puerto Rico rocks Cody Brock's Don Callis turns on Kenny Omega. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band for Ringside podcast. Yeah, that was kind of lame. Man, I wouldn't go that far, man. I was about to say, kind of lame. put under the gun. I think that was actually pretty fucking good. All right, I think you're going to like this. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Marks. Welcome to the Band for Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagy, a.k.a. Omos Famous. That's my, <laughs> my favorite Cameron Crow movie. And sitting directly across from me. <laughs> Yeah, you think we're buddy. done with the Omos ones? We ain't. No, Sit I know you ain't. Across from me, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? That's fucking funny. We'll talk about that joker in a second. But I just wanted to take a couple of uh, seconds to remind our male listeners, because I know there's a bunch of male listeners that have moms out there. There might be some female listeners that are moms, but I'm sure they do have moms as well. Go wish your mom a happy Mother's Day. I don't have my mom around this world. And if you do, you need to appreciate your mom being around this world. As you get older, mama gets more and more important. So on that lovely note, go wish mom happy Mother's Day. On that lovely note, I'll ask the congregation to bow their heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band from Ringside podcast, volume 307, chapter 3, verse 14. The good smart saith, hashtag boo the heels. It's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the holy trinity of BFR. I know Zach might know this, but I'm going to ask Bill this question. Do you know where the largest ketchup bottle in the world is? Uh, it's somewhere in Illinois, right? Collinsville. I do I do know it. Yeah, yeah Collinsville. Okay. Yeah. That makes me feel also more of a savage. Almost also the world's foremost producer of horseradish. Horseradish, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yes, I am now officially a savage. Um, I got a huge bottle of ketchup in the fridge, though. Like, it's got to be the <laughs> second biggest one. I went to Sam's and got it. <laughs> That's what I'm uh, Out there in Portland, Oregon, we have two beers. Zach Bowman, what's going on, two beer? Beer for what's the mouse? Appreciate the reminder, Jason. We're going to need to wrap this thing up as I have some shopping to do. <laughs> right. Hey, I'm here for you, brother. I got a wife and mom for Mother's Day. Uh, they're not the same person. Uh, I gotta, I gotta take care of. Uh, yeah. So my mom is anyway. in Europe right now. So that's what's up. Yeah. So. Uh, she and my dad are retired AF, and they are living it up. They're over there for a month, so. Uh, so you could just be like, you could like be late on the Mother's Day thing, and then just blame her because of the time zone. I think by the time she gets back, Mother's Day is going to be so, so far in yeah. the rear view, it's yeah. just not even going to worry about Fuck it. Fuck your Mother's Day Saving at this point. me some money, you know what I mean? <laughs> We're coming at you from muggy, <laughs> muggy-ass St. Charles, Missouri. It is muggy. As a motherfucker in here, man. We just skipped spring and went straight to muggy-ass summer. There's already Stop. fucking skeeters out here and Stop. shit. Hey, but Jason Bell is wearing a hoodie. That is unbelievable to me. I would take my shirt off if I could. I'm, I'm debating it. Taking your shirt off? Yeah. I'm taking my shirt off. Both. Okay, there we go. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, we got, uh, you know, we, we had quite a little pay-per-view on... Uh, on Saturday night, it was very newsworthy and contained, so far, my markout moment of the year. I'm going to apologize in advance uh, 
We were on the text thread Sunday morning. I was on my way to golf with Vice. Vice was giving me a ride, and we were kind of texting back and forth. And there were some spoilers that went around. I was actually very surprised that you guys had not heard uh, the Carlito spoiler, but the Savio Vega one uh, we kept under wraps. Oh, Jason is just completely dismissing that. Let's get to that three count. <laughs> one, two, three. JCB, kick it off. As aforementioned, we are going to San Juan, Puerto Rico to talk a little WWE backlash. Uh, I'll just say this on the tech thread, and I know Zach said it. I'll speak for myself. I don't like spoilers, but nothing that you were going to tell me about this car was going to be have me like, oh, my fuck, fuck you guys. You know, there was nothing. There was no title. There were no. Right. Hey, it wasn't anything. heavyweight titles on exactly. the match. Uh, you know, I mean, you would have been pissed if we would have said, hey, EO Sky beat. If you just said that and it actually player. happened, I'd have been hot. Right. We didn't. That, okay. We didn't spoil anything it, about winners or losers. Right. It we was just like Carlito pop. Right. and that's okay. Yeah, okay. I mean, right. it is what it is. No, I, I, I 100% thought EO won because uh, Joey said that EO Sky Pop. Nobody expected that, but he was just talking about the fact that there was a pop for EO Sky. I was like, oh my god! I was no. like, EO Sky beat Bianca Belair, and then Bianca Belair pinned her, and I'm like, what happened? I would go this far, and let's just start right there at the top because I think, for me, this was the match of the night just because how San Juan, I won't say turned on Bianca Belair, but they were definitely behind EO Sky from the start. So I don't know what the details are, but I think there is some sort of historical connection between Puerto Rico and Japanese wrestlers. Like, Japanese wrestlers used to travel... probably know this. ...used to travel to Puerto Rico all the time instead of going to the mainland or like there was some sort of like uh like wrestler sharing program between Puerto Rico and Jap- Japan to where like Puerto Rico somehow just has like a super soft spot for Japanese wrestlers. I don't know the details and that could be completely wrong. That was kind of the sense I got just uh looking around online the day after the pay-per-view. But I think it's uh, it was it was surprising though. They were in EO's pocket, dude. Woo! They were doing the booze, yes, booze, yes, at the very beginning. That was a hot crowd, man. All for the entire show, and supposedly WWE wants to make this a yearly tradition where they go back to San Juan, they get backlash every year. I don't if that's to, the case, I love it. I don't want to jump your count here, but like when you see what the crowds are like in San Juan, or they go to Wales for the Clash of the Castle, and you see what crowds are like over there. And then they come back here, and they go to fucking Podunk, fucking Pennsylvania, and the crowd, and you're like, man, this crowd just fucking sucks. Maybe they should just go elsewhere for like a year and make the no, Americans stop, realize stop, what they're fucking stop. missing. But you, but here's here's the other point, though. It's more. It's clearly more fun to watch wrestling when the crowd's into it. So Agreed. if they just take a year off and they do twelve pay per views all around the world, and crowds are as hot as that, that's going to make the product look a lot better too. And people watching it on Peacock are going to be get more into it. That's just. I know they're not going to do it, but in a perfect world, they would they would do this more often because that crowd was amazing. I think they are. Same thing with Montreal. I said it before. This was even a thing that. We should have been doing something over in England when Clash of the Castle first came out and we saw that response. When we came on the podcast afterwards, I was saying then they should at least have one, one, pick it. I don't give a fuck which one it is, but have one show in England 
every year. And I'm going to look at you and nod and pretend like I remember you saying that. It's on tape, baby. Okay. (laughs) I believe you. I'm just saying I don't remember. Okay. I'm going to keep to the script. Same thing. Where now you have San Juan with such an amazing response to the WWE product, the pre- the, the, the ball, the press conference, the actual matches itself. I mean, they were into everything. Even matches I didn't even like they were into. This was the particular one I was surprised that they, like you said, EO Scott had the fans in, their, in their, her back pocket. Bianca felt like a heel for 30 seconds. I count myself thinking, is Bianca Belair's title reign boring? You know, I'm like, damn, you know, San Juan yes. made me start tre- – uh, I think a little so too. Uh, San Juan started to make me, you know, question some shit. All in all, I thought this, like I said, this was the best physical match, the best psychological match down the line. But the physical match, I thought this was the one. Obviously, Bianca Belair goes over and retains title switch down the line. You knew that was going to happen. But for me, this was a showcase for EO Sky. For those who haven't seen her, this is now a chance to get on board or not even worry about it one way or the other. Zach, what do you think about this match? Well, man, it was awesome. Uh, you know, look on paper, this looks like it would deliver, right? Because both these women are fantastic. And it just absolutely delivered. Um, Bianca is so dynamic. Uh, she's, besides the fact that she's just like, loses charisma as a star. She's just like an absolute powerhouse athlete and so fun to watch. And, EOS guy is super fun to watch. Uh, the only the only thing was scary was uh, she did that cool press slam and dropped EO right on her face. She sure did. And I was like, ooh, ooh. That was like the only bummer. Uh, everything else is a huge highlight, except for my confusion uh, that I mentioned before where I thought for sure EO was going to win, especially with the crowd being behind her that whole time. I'm like, oh, shit, they actually did it. And then alternate timeline. But, uh, yeah, good shit. Crowd would have popped. Um Today's the first time I watched that match. I got home right before Carlito came out. Uh, We were at my brother's watching the Derby. And so I went back today, and I heard that the EO Sky match was good. I heard Rhea Ripley match was fun. And, of course, they had that huge moment with Zelina, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. But I went back and watched that match today, and I was like, how good could it be? How much can they really be going crazy for EO Sky? It was really Really fun, like we said. Uh, I love that look that Bianca gave uh, close to the beginning where she, like, kind of, like, she, like, looked around to the crowd. And she was like, okay. She's like, okay, you guys are you guys are pro-EO. Let's, and then she kind of wrestled as a heel for a little while. It wasn't, it wasn't quite uh, Hogan Rock no. at, at <laughs> WrestleMania X8, but she did kind of, they, EO did kind of wrestle from underneath for a while, and then, um, that was completely shattered once damage control came out. It's like, okay, well, they're the heels, and man, they use the uh, they use Bianca's hair a lot. I guess they always do, but it. I paid a little bit more attention to this match just because it was so it was so good. I was glued to it uh, when I finally watched it today. Uh, you know, stuffing stuffing cloth diapers. So uh, I I loved it. Uh, four stars for me. Now I do uh, think what you said, like or uh, Bianca like just rolling with it and being so adaptable and being so comfortable in her own skin to just be able to adapt like that on the fly. Uh, she's really come a long way since she started and she's like a, a full on pro now. Um, 
Oh, and, and plus, that's probably so much fun for for her, just because she's been wrestling as such a pure baby face and for so long. Like, okay, so, I mean, she's obviously great at what she does, and to have to go out there and maybe get challenged a little bit is probably a little bit more fun for her. I mean, you could tell she was having fun. It, it was a fun match. I think we might forget that Bianca was a heel in NXT. The whole time. You know, yeah. before this you know, main roster run. So, I mean, it, I don't think it might have, might have been as far of a stretch as we may have think. You know, it could have just been, a, you know, a snap of the fingers. Like, okay, you want me to heal this shit up? So be it. Um, damage control coming in at the end definitely gives EO kind of an out, I guess. And I'm sure that'll come up here somewhere down the line. I guess this is why you kept damage control together. Ultimately, I think we see the cracks in the foundation. They'll break up before the bloodline does. But I don't think it takes anything away from EO Sky's performance. To me, like I said, this is the match of the night, hands down. Uh, like I said, in the physical sense, thinking about shit down the line, there's another match we can talk about for that number. Seth versus your boy, your boy, Omas. Um, like I said, this was the spectacle match. Seth coming off the top rope with the top rope curb stomp is the spectacle portion of the program. I will give booking this much. They just didn't let Omos get stomped real quick. The first attempt was obviously blocked. The second attempt kicks out at one. It built up to the point where Seth felt like he had no choice but to come off the top rope. I get it. You're making Omos look strong in losses. However... At some point, he's got to beat somebody. No doubt. He's got to beat somebody. It's It doesn't make any sense uh, that it uh, – well, he doesn't have to beat somebody because he can just be another – Somebody of name. Better choice. I, I'm just saying he could – He could. they're, they're going to use him like, a, like an NFL running back. They're going to get a couple <laughs> matches out of him, and then it's see you later, no insurance for the rest of your life, peace out. Uh, he is – he is good at what he does. He shows a lot of fire out there. Uh, he talks a lot of shit. He moves pretty good for a big man. He was always where he was supposed to be when Seth was supposed to do things, and the, the top rope curb stomp was a lot of fun. You got you got to have him beat somebody, or you got to make him go away for eight months out of the year and have him come back for four months out of the year just so he, you can get another couple good matches out of him, another couple pay-per-view matches out of him, and then have him go away for another eight months. Because right now, he's a giant. He's nothing special. Uh, Zach, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. Uh, this is also his best match that he's done. The Brock match was kind of fun, but it was just a couple minutes long. This match was great because you just had Seth doing stuff to him, but at the same time, he wasn't having to sell because his biggest problem is selling, um, which is a big giant you don't normally have to. So, uh, But that's his weakest you know, characteristic by far as far as wrestling goes. But uh, it was fun, funner than I thought it would be. I bet his biggest problem is sitting down in an airplane, but his second biggest problem is probably selling. Jesus. I'll tell you, that, that motherfucker <laughs> needs his own fucking aisle. I mean, goddamn. <laughs> Sorry, nobody can sit in 34C. This is Omos's row. Um, Did you guys know that PW Insider, uh, the website, uh, you know, journalists like me, mm. do you guys know that they they release after pay-per-views who produced each match? 
Did not know that. This is the first time I'm seeing it, or the first time I saw it was today when I was uh, dicking around, and it is. I was like, man, I don't need to know all that behind the behind the scenes no. shit and think I about do. that. Think about that all access. Oh, I do. I'm always like, yeah, I don't need to see all well, access. I, I want to know who I can blame. This shit is really interesting. Um, T.J. Wilson produced the Bianca Belair Io Sky match, and that's that's Tyson Kidd, right? Correct. Adam Pierce produced Seth Rollins versus Omos. I'll tell you each one as we go along. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it was okay. I, I think we all – did I pick Omos last week? I, I don't think I did, did I? No. <laughs> I mean, you were drunk when you went that day. No, drunk. I didn't pick – okay, cool. I didn't pick him. Okay. <laughs> 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 all right. <laughs> what was next? <laughs> Y'all motherfuckers on that man's on that man's yeah, team, kind of and it's tr- just like, shoo, I didn't pick him. Kind of a troll job on you, though. Come on, hey, kiss my ass. Y'all motherfuckers on that man's team. Okay, what's next? Bronson Reed versus Bobby Lashley versus Austin Theory triple threat. Bill Vegi special for the U.S. title. Austin Theory goes over. Um, I wouldn't say it's a huge surprise. Lashley kind of gets the the shaft of Rooney, if you will, takes out. Well, I'm sorry. Um, did he get the pin, or was he the one got that got pinned? Reed got pinned. Okay, so Lashley took out Austin or Bronson Reed. Right. Theory. Theory throws him out of the ring. Cerebral, cerebral assassin type shit. This was some Triple H shit. One hundred and one gets the pin on Bronson Reed. Um, I guess for me not remembering it, I guess this is ultimately where I'm going with it. I kind of waiting for Bobby Lashley to be in line for. Oh, Roman Reigns at some point. I'm waiting for Bronson Reed to get some sort of like, it feels like a legitimate push, but unfortunately this wasn't the time or the place. Austin Theory might be the next biggest winner out of guys that aren't named Roman Reigns for the champion. He he might hold the U.S. title for a hot minute. I'm not saying it's going to be, you know, a thousand days or no shit like that, but six months, nine months, this that feels about right because Austin Theory would have no place to go but up. He looked he looked incredible in this match. Uh, what you what you think, Zach? Uh, it was fine, um, kind of forgettable. Uh, like Jason said, I was like I couldn't even really remember the finish, right? But um, you know, it was uh, it was totally acceptable. I enjoyed it while I was watching it, but I'll never think twice about it again. Uh, it was pretty short, also. I thought that Bronson Reed looked like a badass in this in this match. Like he, I didn't say he didn't. No, I didn't say you didn't say he didn't. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! And I didn't say that Bill didn't say that Jason didn't say that he did. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, I thought that Bronson Reed that he's gonna hit that. Uh, he's gonna hit that. The uh, shooting star press on somebody at some time. Shooting star press. What? What did he do? He did a, yeah, he did a. Well, oh, hang on now. Let's 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 slow down for a second. Brock Lesnar did the shooting star press where he literally did a flip in the air and landed on his face. Yeah, Bronson Reed didn't do that. What he do? just jumps off the top rope. He didn't do a shooting star press. Hell no, Zach. I want some of what Bill was having. Okay, thank this. you. Pass that shit over. I was dead sober today. I was looking at, I was l- fucking folding diapers. Okay, you guys go ahead and talk. You guys go ahead and talk. Okay, so. So it was just a splash? 
That's his finisher. Yeah, I know. I, I thought he did something else. Oh, so let's get this straight. You go ahead and talk. Uh, hey, listen, listen. And he, and he doesn't even really jump. He just kind of falls off the top. Yeah, it's just like, okay, I'm on top <laughs> and <laughs> get real close because I can't jump. I'm just going to kind of push myself off. <laughs> Tsunami! I will. Thank you very much. Um, Rhea Ripley versus, excuse me, Selena Vega for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Um, highly emotional moment for Selena. Obviously, her father died in the 9-11 attacks, and this is her coming back home with mom, stepdad, family, friends, the whole shebang, wearing the Puerto Rico flag as a part of her gear. I mean, I don't know if Selena Vega will ever win a women's singles title in her career in WWE. If she does it, this is her crowning a moment, her crowning achievement, whatever you want to call it. I thought it damn near had me in tears. The only reason it didn't is because I knew what was going to happen once she got in that ring. Rhea Ripley, God bless her, is the right thing to do, right woman to do it. Even Puerto Rico post-match was giving Zelina Vega love, which you should. But, unfortunately, this was kind of a, a knife-in-the-gunfight scenario where you, you brought Selena Vega in. She got the love, but the right woman went over. Rear Whippery wins fairly quickly. Zach, what would you think? Yeah, I mean, this was – that's like – it was kind of – it was cool for Zelina because we got to watch somebody have – like make a memory, right? That's a core memory for Zelina Vega. Good for her, especially after if Jason said her dad – died 9-11 and then they had that Raw show and like the anniversary of 9-11 and her segment got cut. Um, she had like special gear and shit. I'm laughing. It's so terrible. I totally um, forgot about that. So really nice that they, you know, she's challenging for the title. Uh, she's, like, her gear was great and um, yeah, they really uh, Puerto Rico, the crowd, and just across the board as far as this entire show and the SmackDown before it really elevated this pay-per-view. I mean, there was some good matches, but this crowd took everything to the next level and really probably jumped this whole thing up a letter grade. Damn! Oh, absolutely. A letter grade? Okay. Yeah, man. All right, man. I mean, just in terms... So, like, when you... Well, let me ask you this, Jason. When you grade a pay-per-view, do you grade it on how enjoyable it was to watch or how well it was put on or what. So, like, if you put on the same pay-per-view, uh, like, if this pay-per-view was done in, like I said, Podunk, Pennsylvania, okay, would it have the same letter grade as it would in front of Puerto Rico? Stand Probably hot? not, but you're saying, to me, you're saying, like, C's become B's, B's become A's. That's a letter grade. Okay, so that's... The crowd is hot, makes a difference, but you still got to... You still have to show me something in the ring for me to be like, oh, it's a whole letter grade. If you show me a bunch of half-ass matches with a hot-ass crowd, it's not really going to match up to me. It's got to be a little bit of everything. Even a crowd like San Juan Puerto Rico? <laughs> Even a crowd like San Juan Puerto Rico. Uh, I like this match a lot. Obviously, it was a very emotional. I, I, you know, I got chills. Watching the the ovation for Zelina Vega, her reaction, of course, was if it wasn't 100% genuine, she's in the wrong business. True. Um, but, yeah, Rhea made her look good. She made Rhea look good. The right person went over. 
Damian Priest versus Bad Bunny in a San Juan street fight. Second favorite match of the night for me personally, physically wise. Um, both guys got over in as far as I'm Was concerned. Was this the best San Juan street fight you've ever seen? <laughs> it's the only one as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Shit, that's number one on my list. Um, number one on my list, too. Damian Priest made Bad Bunny look good. Bad Bunny made Damian Priest look good. I think both guys get over. In the end of the day, even though Bad Bunny actually physically wins the match, um, this is just me personally. Celebrity wrestlers, I still have Logan Paul one, McAfee two, Bad Bunny three. Bad Bunny closes the gap with with McAfee, but not enough for me personally to have him jump over. I would like to see him do something without all the weapons, even though this was a match with the step. He used the weapons the way he should have. He broke that Damian Priest down. Damian Priest sold the leg at the end, which made that more and more interesting. The overbooking at the end, it was just going to happen. You just, you're not going to have Judgment Day and LWO in the back and not have people come out. Surprise with Savio Vega. Obviously knew about Carlito, so that was cool to see Carlito back. I personally mind wouldn't see him. I personally mind wouldn't seeing him coming back for an, a little bit of a run if WWE and Carlito can come to some sort of agreement. Neither here nor there. Savio Vega too. He ain't got to be back all the time, but just every now and then you can drop him in the lap. Ultimately, end of the day, both guys get over. Bad Buddy goes over, and like I said, to me, this is the second best match of the night. Zach, what you think? Oh, super fun, total spectacle. Um, I was not watching wrestling when Carlito was around, so um, that was just a, it was just a guy to me, but it was fun. Uh, I was watching wrestling when Savio Vega was around, so that was cool to see him. I always liked him, but um, yeah, Bad Bunny, they let him in do a singles match, and that was a good move, and um yeah, that's really all I can say. Uh, Priest was great. He had the out, you know, because he pulled him up early, like on the after the two count. So kind of had the out um, for the loss. So he's still kind of protected. And, of course, there was a bunch of interference. But, uh, man, super fun match. Priest was great. Bad Bunny's entrance was fucking awesome. Like, that whole place swaying and singing along to his song was fucking bad ass. <laughs> Damien Priest, I know that he is from Puerto Rico. He probably would have wouldn't have minded getting some cheers uh there, but man, he Shit, did. he got a shit ton of booze. That's just as good. He did the job and he did it well. Carlito was uh he was kind he kind of started when I stopped watching wrestling and he kind of was ending in WWE when I when, or kind of, he was kind of starting when I stopped watching wrestling, and he was kind of ending when I started watching wrestling. But he was the guy that I, I was always like, you know what, this guy, he's got he's got that Kurt Angle thing, you know, <laughs> he's got that thing where he's badass, but he's also kind of funny. I loved his, I loved the whole, uh, I spit in the face of those who do not want to be cool when his music started playing. Uh, I looked at Aaron, who was looking at her phone, and I was like, holy fucking shit. And she just kept looking at her phone. But she knows so the shit out of Carlito's return. <laughs> for him to come out, uh, for that for that pop to happen, for him to clear the ring, and then pull the apple out and start munching the apple, that's my mark-out moment of the year so far, bar none. There is nothing. Hang on. Stop the tape. There is. Hang up. No, no, no. Okay. All right. 
So Shay McMahon busting this shit up. Oh man, that was really good. (laughs) (laughs) No, you are not getting away that easy. No, you ain't. (laughs) I was thinking about that today for some reason. That that bit that we had about about all the McMahons throughout history pulling their quads. But um, oh my god, that's still so funny. Thinking about that for some reason, I can't even remember why. But listen, it's one of those things that's uh, you guys hadn't seen it yet. But that's what I was kind of texting. I was like, only in professional wrestling can Carlito come out, clear the ring, face the hard camera, pull out his apple, (laughs) and take two hard chomps of his apple, and I'm standing in my (laughs) living room like, eat the fucking apple, dude. Get that fucking apple! Oh my god, you ain't lying. You I are mean, not to lying. To have the apple as part of your as, if as, he didn't come out with the apple, I'd have been pissed. Yeah, I know, but you forgot about the apple. No, I, I no, was, no I was, way. I was still too much like, oh shit, there's Carlita. Oh fuck yeah, he just cleared the ring, right. and then he just pulled out the apple and just took a bite of no. it. And man, to have the apple be part of your thing. That was his gimmick. I know. He used to come down the ramp eating it. Right. It was so funny. But him eating it in the middle of the ring. God damn. I watched it over and over again the next day. I watched the 30 seconds like on Twitter. I was like, I got to find the, him eating the apple again. Okay, so, so, let's, so let's get this straight. I loved him eating the apple. So, That's so, my mark out moment of the year. Over, over the WrestleMania moment. Listen, well, wait. I mean... <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen? Jesus I mean, fucking, okay, come on, man. I mean, damn. I was kind of leaning towards WrestleMania moment to be my mark out moment might, of the year. We might have Stephanie go for a shooting star press on EO Sky and blow her quad out while she's, <laughs> while she's trying to do it. You should see the look on my face when he was starting that sentence. I'm like, motherfucker, no, she ain't. But then it's like, there's oh. Still, there's still seven and a half months left. Who knows what's you know, going to happen? You know, it's pretty great is that for all things that we want Stephanie McMahon to blow, Quad is number one on the list. Um, fucking dead. Unbelievable. Next up, you had the Bloodline versus KO, Sammy, and uh, Matt Riddle in a six-man tag. Obviously, the Bloodline, the back, the, the backstory behind the Bloodline crumbling on the, on the surface. And... Now starting to crumble in front of everybody. Solo obviously had marching orders before Matt Riddle decided to cross him at the pass. And that felt like it came off immediately when uh, the bloodline came in the ring. You know, Uso's putting up the ones. You didn't see Solo putting up the ones. Solo was just kind of like, you know, I'm looking at my thumb. I'm, I'm trying to see who I got to fuck up tonight. And we thought it was going to be Jay Uso for a hot minute. I love Jay Uso is going to be, once this bloodline thing breaks up, he's going to be one to watch in 2023. I'm not saying he's going to win either major title, but somehow, some way, I think a mid-card title, he's on SmackDown, so SmackDown has the U.S. title, if I'm not mistaken. Sounds right, yeah, because Gunther's on Mondays now. I can see him somehow getting the U.S. title off of a baby face that beats Austin Theory. I could totally see that. Jey Uso and Solo Sokoa's interaction was almost more, or dare I say, better than the match itself. Jimmy, God bless him once again. (laughs) No disrespect to Jimmy. His interactions with Solo, not nearly as 
I guess captivating is the word I'm going to use in this sentence when I was looking at Solo and Jay interacting, slapping each other, you know, blind tags or whatever the case may be. You can see the tension starting to build. And then finally, when you thought it was going to bubble over, Bloodline gets the dub and everybody walks away happy. Somebody says that winning is the best deodorant, and it is at the moment, but you can obviously see something is amiss. Solo Sokoa is not on the same page with his own blood in the bloodline, which is so ironic to itself. It just makes for its own story. The match was good. The psychology looking about the foreshadowing when this could happen, where it could happen, where is Roman going to be in this mix? That's what I was looking for more so than anything else about this match. We've seen this match before. It's what was happening around the match itself between, namely, Jey Uso and Sola Sokoa. Yeah, I mean, I agree. But I can't really add anything more to that. Perfectly said, Jason. Perfectly stated. Um, wow. Which one is the one with all the DUIs? Is that Jimmy? Yes. Okay. Is that kind of? You think that's kind of the reason why they made Jay the uh, the main one? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's. I mean, that's one reason why he was. He was like. He was available when he had that feud with Roman during the pandemic era, during the Thunderdome era. Yeah, he was. He was available. Jimmy for was sure. hurt with the ACL. Jimmy, you know, with legal troubles. Jay is available. Yeah, I can tell him apart now. Look at you. I know. Um. Uh, not much I can add there. Yeah, this this match had almost nothing to do with Sammy and KO and Matt Riddle and everything to do with the Bloodline, which is which is just fine. It looks like they're pivoting away from Sammy and KO versus the Bloodline, which I'm just fine with. They can always revisit it. They can probably revisit it for the rest of their careers if they want to because the story has been so goddamn good. But not much more I can add to that. I do want to tell you – I started telling you who produced each match, and I think this is pretty fun. Um the triple threat match was produced by Chris Park, uh, also known as Abyss. Huh. Uh, the San Juan Street Fight, best San Juan Street Fight I've ever seen, was produced by Jamie Noble and the Brian Kendrick, who is back, back, backstage. Sean Davari produced the Rhea Ripley and Zelina Vega match, and the six man three on three match was produced by Jason Jordan. Uh, and then the last match. Uh, Brock Lesnar versus Cody Re- Cody Rhodes, produced by Michael P.S. Hayes. What do you think about this one, Jason? Uh, this is the only spoiler I saw. I saw Brock bloodied in the ring, and I'm assuming this is post-match on his knees. And I and it didn't have any captioning behind it. It just showed the picture. I was like, oh, ho, ho, okay. Now we're talking. So, main event time, Brock Lesnar versus Cody Rhodes. Um, I wasn't sure how we get, he he being Brock got busted open. So to me, that's what I was kind of waiting for. Where does this happen? Does Cody actually bust this Joker open? Brock is as dominant as usual. Cody sells the way he should. No problem. The exposed turnbuckle spot where he hardways he being Brock Lesnar hardways himself in that turnbuckle. I didn't think it was going to be the spot. And then when he came back and I saw the blood immediately starting to come out, I was like, oh, that is the spot. God bless Brock. I've been down on him on multiple occasions. You can't say shit about Brock for this match. I mean, 
he took one for the team on multiple different levels. There's some guys that just can't work through their own blood. Brock just paid that shit no mind. Sold for Cody. Cody kind of did the right thing, you know, put the right uh, the, the blood on Brock's on his own chest. I'm like, okay, you know, this feels like a starting to feel like a straight up legitimate fight. The ending is the ending that I've I've always had a problem with. I don't care who it is. It goes back to Becky and Ronda Rousey in their WrestleMania match. Ronda has Becky basically sewed up, and Becky breaks out of it for the one two three pin. We just revisited that here. I loved everything else up to the end. Obviously, we're going to have round two. This was done well, ultimately, especially with the scenario where you have Brock busts himself open. There's When you see color in any match, that always gives that little extra juice that I think it needs. In this scenario, it came at the right time where then Cody took advantage of it. Brock kind of got the advantage back. Cody ultimately out-wrestles Brock, which kind of confuses me as Brock being a NCAA heavyweight champion, but neither here nor there. Cody wins. Brock gets his uh, receipt on Raw, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Zach, what do you think? Yeah, good match. Brock is always going to have the same style of match. Big move, big move, big move. I do think it's funny that they won't let anybody on the roster like safely blade, but they'll let Brock Lesnar bash his own face into a exposed turnbuckle to hard way himself and risk a concussion. Um, but it did add a lot to the match. And pretty much like I predicted early, uh, Cody's going to go over here and then he's probably going to get beat in Saudi Arabia. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, absolutely solid. And, uh, a spectacle for a different reason and you know Brock always like total pro right yeah. he kind of is on his own thing like he's he's his own kind of draw and he's his own kind of environment in WWE uh, the fact that he was with Roman like so many times he, that was starting to get a little bit stale but he's exciting like um, I mean as far as like just excitement and interest level in his matches like you kind of know what you're going to get like i said but there that formula works with him um i don't know i just feel like he deserves all that stupid money that he gets a hundred percent the formula works with him uh another thing i said to my wife as she was staring at instagram i was like there's nothing like watching a brock lesnar match on a pay-per-view live where you just don't know what's going to happen it's it is it's so much fun and really, anything can happen. Uh, my problem with the finish is they just did this with Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, was it? it doesn't feel like that long ago. Like, they just did it where it was a Kimura lock with her shoulders on the on the mat. I wonder if Michael P.S. Hayes fucking produced that one, too. <laughs> Probably. Probably, yeah. But I'm just saying that, to me, it takes away from the fact that Cody would have to kind of work his way at himself out of it, get to the ropes, and move along. It, the match was was really, really good. The fact that we got color out of it for me just made it that much more intriguing. I think this is going to be a three-match series. Like Three Beers said, round one goes to Cody. Round two goes to Brock. Round three, probably SummerSlam. 
I'm assuming it would be Cody, but, you know, only time will tell. Um, so, that's going to wrap it up for Backlash 2023. Uh, like we always do on pay-per-views here, I'm going to ask you all for a letter grade. Oh, before we get to the letter grade, I should point out the prediction. Oh, Jesus Christ. The predictions final, or the, the, to- the totals were Bill got six points. Jason got six points. Okay. And three beers. Zach Pullman got eight points. Okay. He, he picked the heels versus the faces in the six way, and he also had – he was the only one of us that had Austin Theory winning. You and I both had Austin Theory as the second most likely to win. So – Fucking gonna, Bronson Reed. I'm going to ask you – I mean, Bronson Reed's the only one that's not on the same show as the other two going forward. We should have known better. No, that was actually me. You just brown-beated me into it, so that's – my I fall for you into what? You browbeating me into taking Austin, uh, taking uh, Bronson Reed last week as number one. <laughs> the, my own Jedi mind trick worked against me for once. Okay, so letter grade. What do you give it, Jason? B. Zach. Well, I was gonna go B plus, but since I did so well in predictions, I'm gonna go A minus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I give it an A minus. Uh, this, this, uh, uh, there wasn't a bad match on it. I agree with Jason. I think that Io Shirai, uh, our Io Sky versus Bianca Belair. I think that was, it was the match of the night. It wasn't necessarily the moment of the night, no. and every single match delivered. There was something. It was a, it was a well varied card, and every single match was fun. So I give it an A minus. Um, uh, my wife is talking off mic. Like it's it's almost like having Bo here. Bo Beesman. Uh He always talks off mic too. Uh, I give it an A minus because the heavyweight belt was not defended. I think I think Roman's got to show up for work, dude. Dude, we're getting we're getting ready to settle that. I mean, then if that's the only gripe you have, the only gripe, right, to give it, it the A. You're not gonna browbeat me into my leg. Give it the right? A, then. No, to give it the A. A minus. Uh, did give it the, then why? Then why? If that's the only thing that's wrong with it, why is it an A minus? Because I think Carlito could have eaten two apples. <sighs> get the fuck out of here. Let's get to that. Get the count. fuck out of here. You wanted to give it an A so bad, it just it hurt your feelings. You didn't no, give, it an give it an A. Give it an A. I gave WrestleMania because Carlito I, didn't eat two apples. I gave. I gave because Carlito get didn't eat two apples. That's your reason so, for so not giving it. My an wife a. is out here smoking weed and. The, she she said to Jason, you gave it a B. This is what Jason always does, though. Jason always gives it a little bit lower. Jason, like, Zach and I will be like, oh, I can you know, justify my B. B. We'll, we'll say B. And Jason will be like, ah, give it a D minus. No, please. Royal Rumble wasn't shit, and I'll stand on that to the day I die. When you buried me, 1973 to whatever, 20, fill in the blank. 1973. Royal Rumble wasn't shit. You were born when Nixon was president. I don't remember that shit. <laughs> I'm going to do this again. We'll, we'll 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 delete all this out of here. Yeah, you do uh, that. that. That'll get us to our two count. One, two, three. Two beer. What's the two count? You think we could spring like a GoFundMe for Jason's headstone? Royal Rumble 2023 wasn't shit. Just engraved. <laughs> <laughs> Can we do that? Jason? I have money put aside for me, so 
if for whatever reason, if I decide I'm going to get buried, that's going to be my tombstone. If I get cremated, then I want it on my urn. I buried you on that podcast when you weren't here a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the, the last time I wasn't here was the WrestleMania podcast, yeah, and I heard it. More than a couple of weeks ago, yeah, you got buried. Dude. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Buried. You walked in the Tender Mahal's house, all hot at me for fucking making fun of your picks. You were mad. You mad? I'm like Cameron <laughs> talking to Bill O'Reilly. No, nah, man. Look, if you if you gonna talk smack, then at least allow me to have the chance to retort. That's all I ever asked. Of course, Jason. Thank I, you very much. You get all the time that you need. No, you, you, the time was at the WrestleMania. It wasn't gonna be on, on live camera. Or live air in this scenario, so no, you just caught it the uh, the live bullets at WrestleMania. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I came home and cried, Aaron. Yeah, whatever. Aaron, do you remember me coming home and crying? I say, don't co-sign for your husband, man. Uh, <laughs> I know he ain't crying over me for shit. All right, two beer. All right, two beer. What's the two guys? <laughs> we have uh, AEW Dynamite, which was an excellent show. Um, my work, my wife dragged me to a work event last night, but thankfully the work event was at a brewery, and uh, I didn't have to do any of the stuff that she was doing or listen to the talk. I just drank six beers and did trivia by myself, and um, did pretty good. But um, so I came home pretty banged up and started watching this, and I was like into it. Uh, they start out, and I was like, not I a, this down. Not a bad way to start out. No, not at all. So Excalibur says, we've got a loaded card from top to bottom tonight. And Tony Schiavone, I'm I'm pretty banged up. This, this just cracked me up I, so much I wrote it down. Schiavone says, love loaded, love top to bottom. <laughs> no idea what that means, <laughs> but I had to write it down. <laughs> and... Um, I'm with him. I I, I love this. I uh, love this card. It was it was loaded from top to bottom, and I loved it. But start out with Claudio Castagnoli versus Ray Phoenix in a double Jeopardy match, which is a pretty fun stiff. Uh, whoever wins gets a chance at the other's title. So Castagnoli is the ROH World Heavyweight Championship, and um, Ray Phoenix is half of the tag team champions. So. Uh, they had an absolutely awesome match. Um, Claudio is such a powerhouse. Ray Phoenix is so dynamic. Uh, he was doing this rope walking, just a barricade walking. Uh, this was just a fantastic opening match. I was so into this. And uh, ended up with uh, Ricola Bomb and Casignoli got the pin. A little disappointed in that. I thought this would have been a nice big win for Ray Phoenix to start the show. I know they protect Claudio, uh, and I guess that's just what they want to do. With That's what they have lined up for the next program for whenever they do this um, this ROH pay-per-view. But I think Phoenix challenging for a world title. You know, he's been the AAA world champion, but he is just a guy on the AEW roster that they'll put in a singles match to give an amazing TV match, but they beat him every time. And I thought it would just be cool, but it didn't make me like the match any less or anything, but no, it would have popped I, me. I also think that Phoenix is uh, kind of Teflon. Like, he can absorb a loss. So do they. Yeah, he absorbs all, he absorbs them all the time. Yeah, yeah, he, he does. And it's it still doesn't make me any less excited to see him 
when they opened up and it was Claudio versus Phoenix, and I was like, "Holy <laughs> fucking shit!" Like this is <laughs> kind of a kind of a dream match. Um, the the only and this is really nitpicky. The only uh, problem I had with this match was when Claudio tried to. He had Phoenix pressed, and he tried walking up the stairs with him. And I, I, you know, I think that Claudio probably said to him, "Hey, man, I'm not going to make it." And Phoenix started started kicking him back down because I think that the the probably the planned spot was Claudio carrying him all the way up there, a la Bianca, Sasha, right? And he just couldn't do it, which. You know, the world knows that Claudio is not strong at all and a big time <laughs> pussy, so it doesn't doesn't surprise me at all that he couldn't do it. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, it just, I could do that shit. It just shows you how probably hard it is, you know. Uh, but it's more so credit for, to Bianca versus you know a shot on super fun Claudio. match. Two two of my favorite guys. Uh, you know, I I have a lot of them, but they're two of my favorite guys. Super fun match. Uh, Claudio going over makes sense. Didn't surprise me at all. I loved it. Um, I'm just catching the last bit of it, but I can basically agree with what you. I'm sure what you guys have said. Phoenix is basically someone that I feel like is going to be in the main event picture at some point. Claudio is the main event guy. So, I mean, this isn't too far fetched or out of the realm of possibility. I was rooting for Phoenix. I'm not going to lie. Would you not want to see this ran back for the title? Of course you would. But I agree with Bill. The right guy goes over. Who Claudio picks as his partner is my question. It's probably going to be Will or Yuta because yep. he's the little brother, and little brothers get beat down. Yep. So that's going to be my guess on that. I mean, that's it's not going to be Brian Daniels. No, it's not, not going to waste be, that. And it's not going to be Moxley. No. So it's going to be. Yeah, little brother going to have to come in and uh, eat this duck. in <laughs> combat. <laughs> man, y'all better give that man his respect. goddammit. it, that dude can wrestle. I know he ain't shit on the bike. I will. Uh, we all can agree with that. But he can wrestle. Can we not agree upon that? Forged in combat. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, Zach. He ain't gonna. He ain't gonna agree with Listen, me. Go ahead. I love the Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, Who does it? I. I. I, I I've said it before on this podcast many times. I just think Wheeler Yuta was the wrong guy to join him, but that's neither here nor there. What's coming up next, Zach? Uh, next, we have Renee Paquette backstage, uh, who is confronting Miro, uh, who He's heating up. is back. He does shit, man. How's he heating up? I just like he's that back. he's on TV, baby. Shit, he, he should be on TV. He took a damn year off. He's the man. <laughs> And so he walked into Tony Khan's office or what was probably just like, you know, the janitor closet. So they put a piece of paper on the side of Tony Khan's office. And um, that's just a little laminated thing. Yeah, says, about to say, Tony Khan. Yeah. Well, you're not using this closet, are you? Fantastic. This is Tony's office right here. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so. Better knock first or you're going like... to catch him fucking face down in the pile of coke. Right. Coming up, who, who's not knocking? <laughs> smoke coming up. All, I'm sorry, not smoke. Powder coming up all over the place. The smoke would be me, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> there, uh, I think, especially because, you know, Thunder Rosa did the same gimmick uh, shortly thereafter. And with that, and also with uh, Jericho doing his thing where he's talking about how um, Adam Cole can't be in the building whenever he's in the building and he's threatening legal action. 
this all seems like a like an angle wrapped around the real life situation of CM Punk. Um, Preach. So I feel like uh, they're almost gimmicking themselves without actually um, coming right out and saying it. And it's almost like maybe I can see Miro being like a big part of that Saturday show and Thunder Rosa same, um, you know, if she's healthy and, um, you know, with Punk and, and maybe who knows, like maybe Andrade coming back, you know, they bring him and they just put all the fucking problem wrestlers on. Like this is the one show uh, where they all refuse to do jobs to each other. <laughs> so, Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't know, but uh, it, it's interesting, and um, you know, Miro Miro's great. He, I guess for I guess basically, you know, and I was gone a little while doing TV, and then basically creative had nothing for him, and there's so many guys, so now they got something for him, and uh, he's always enjoyable. Uh, definitely a fantastic uh, mid card dude. Like um, I don't, he's not like a big main eventer, but he's a He's a main event guy in the sense like a, a great challenger for the main event, but I don't I don't know that he's like world title material, but he's a great challenger and he, he's he's fun to watch. I guess my biggest question is this: obviously, we're going to get two shows. Miro comes back. Thunder Rosa comes back. Are we doing a brand split? Are we going to have two titles? Because that's my question. If we're going to have two titles, then um, so be it. I get it. If not, then you're going to have guys that aren't wanting to play nice in the sandbox together in scenes and segments, matches that can be dicey. At, at I best. hope we don't get a brand split. I can see them They're, like shuffling people around. Um, it's kind of a you know, brand for, split to begin with. It's a soft brand split. They just they haven't said that there's going to be a a AEW Collision champion. That would be terrible, in my opinion. Have I'm they, not saying that that I wanted it to happen. I'm just saying, could this happen? What if this does happen? I mean, the it's it's basically setting up to where the CM Punk roster is on collision. All those that can hang with CM Punk or can wrestle with CM Punk will be on collision. Everybody else. Did they announce that it's called collision? It's basically the, the name I see in hashtags, um, in articles or whatever the case may be. Thank you. So next week, the big announcement, hate to skip. I'm sorry to be or three beer. I'm going to step on your shift for like 30 seconds. Um, Obviously, next week's announcement is Warner Brothers and AEW, four years, $1.4 billion. That's why you have Dark and Dark Elevation gone. You're going to announce same day you're going to do a Saturday show called AEW Collision. CM Punk, obviously, is going to be a part of that, and you go from there. Like I said, all well and good. You get everybody on, Miro, Andrade, Thunder Rosa, I'm all for it. But if you can't, if you if if you're not going to have these guys together on one show and be able to play nice, how are you going to do two shows and then ultimately build up to double or nothing, all in, whatever the case may be, and 
on one night, now you're going to have to be like, okay, everybody, I'm going to need y'all to act, act right for like, you know, three or four hours. The last time they tried that, CM Punk showed his ass. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm interested to see um, what this uh, this Warner Brothers deal is. I know people are floating that huge number out. That seems massive to me. I'm sure they're going to get a rights increase. Um, and that's just great for AEW, and that's great for wrestling, because that means, you know, AEW is already, you know, here to stay. They're, they're doing very well. They're always in um, the top 10 cable network shows. Uh, so... I think if, if it's going to be an all-encompassing Warner Brothers thing, then them being on HBO Max or something like that would be phenomenal just to put all the dynamites on a streaming platform. How great would that be? Um, that'd be super fantastic. But uh, we're going to have almost four years worth of the library now. They're, they're almost four years old, which is crazy to think about this October. So uh, anyway, I just hope they don't do a, a hard brand split. It's fine if you don't want to have certain people on uh, the shows together, but uh, I fucking hate the brand split in WWE. I would hate Agreed. it in AEW too. I agree. I mean, I don't, I don't mind the brand split. Just make the brand split a brand split and hold to it. I mean, that doesn't bother me that much. I don't think the number seems that big. If you think that's going to be stretched over five or six years, which I think is what they're talking about, right? So, I mean, that's basically that, what what they got for Peacock or what Peacock gave WWE for the library and for the live events. Um, I mean, $200, $200 million a year um, over five years. I mean, that's fantastic. I mean, AEW's got a lot more money to sign a lot more talent. Brock Lesnar's get much bigger checks from WWE. <laughs> ultimately, that's what I was thinking is that it gives AEW more viability to do moves, to do things overseas that they want to do it. Uh, get a streaming service going if they want to do that. So, I mean, this just, the naysayers for AEW are going to have to take a seat for a little bit and, unfortunately, let this thing play itself out because I didn't think it was going anywhere to begin with. This just now kind of reinforces the fact that it's not. Here's what I really don't want them to do if they have extra money. I really don't because I understand that Goldberg's been out there talking about how he wants a farewell tour. I do not want AEW to sign Goldberg. God damn, please don't do it, man. Just please don't do it. That's all I care about. Even if he even if he goes over Eddie Kingston? No, come on, man. <laughs> I'm over here like for all for all sipping the tea, like oh, do answer for all the shit that I give Eddie Kingston over and over and over again. There is nothing that Eddie Kingston could do that could make me hate him as much as I don't want to see Goldberg on AEW television or on WWE television ever, ever again. Do not want to see him ever again. What about Bray Wyatt? When have we replaced Bill with Bret Hart? Oh, damn. What'd you say? Damn. I said, when did we replace Bill with Bret Hart? Just because, like, (laughs) Bret Hart can't talk about anything. When did we? I thought you said, what if we replaced Bill with Bret Hart? I said, (laughs) (laughs) I am. Uh-oh. The best there is. No, uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, I just I no, I just don't want to see Goldberg. I mean, that's one thing I agree with Bret Hart about. Goldberg sucks. Goldberg sucks. Yeah, Goldberg does suck. Goldberg, and if he's going around saying that he wants to do his farewell tour, guess what? That's how you get fucking booed off the WrestleMania stage with Steve Austin standing in the ring with you and Brock Lesnar because you're a fucking douchebag. 
because you say that you want to uh, have your farewell tour. The only way that I'll be happy with a Goldberg farewell tour is if Jericho retires him. How about that? I know they still don't like each other. Go ahead and let Jericho retire. Go out on your back, Goldberg. Hey, Goldberg, come fucking find me, you fucking old bitch. (laughs) I'd fucking team up with Eddie Kingston on Goldberg. (laughs) Whoop his old ass. He'd come try to spear me. I'd give him the old okie doke. He'd go fucking flying through a fucking fence like an idiot. I'm fucking done. I think Goldberg, see, Goldberg's like number one now on top of the come find me bill list. He's talking a lot of people. Roman Reigns. I'm pretty sure you said Roman Reigns, you can come find me too. I'm I sure said you know it to everybody. I know. Come on. I know. But Roman Reigns is like, you know, 1A at this it's point. It's my catchphrase now. Mm. Very true. Very true. Zach, go ahead before you, before you call somebody else out like an idiot. Uh, so we had a MJF promo, which was pretty excellent, as per usual, uh, with a video package of the, the four pillars. Uh, basically just him talking about how he's the standout, uh, which he is. Talking about how he had the best singles dog collar match of all time, which he probably did. Um, he, he definitely specified singles because it was not as good as the FTR Briscoe dog collar match. So he did qualify it. Uh, and then he said he had the best Iron Man match of all time, which he definitely did. Um, like, where's the lie? Uh, so, um, killed it, loved it. Um, yeah, this is good shit. It's almost better than he, when he does these backstage performances and are these backstage, like pre recorded, I, I almost like it better. Cause when he's in the ring, he has one tone of voice, right? And you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Like he sounds the same. And when he doesn't, it's like special, right? When he did some stuff with punk, uh, when he did the stuff with Regal, he didn't have that. Houston, you are the worst. You know, he just says like this the same way, and he's like really putting his vocals out there, um, and he does a great job. But when he does these, and they're a little bit softer, and he's able to just like kind of speak, uh, I think it's more impactful. Anyway, I don't necessarily say I disagree. I just like MJF in general. I will agree with the fact that. It was two different tones backstage, this pre-recorded vignette, much more, you know, matter of fact, kind of uh, Snoop Dogg. Snoop is one of my favorite rappers of all time because he doesn't remind me of other rappers. Other rappers want going to yell and be demonstrative and over the top. Biggie's the same way. Much more laid back, much more just casual, matter of fact. Yeah, we came in, we fucked these bitches, we smoked a bunch of weed, we bounced up off the set. Pretty simple and self-explanatory. That's why I think I really like MJF, like you said, off camera with versus on camera. 10 cheese for blow to 30 cheese <laughs> a show to all cheese with hoes I've never seen before. So, Jesus, Jesus. get off the notorious. Uh, yeah, I mean, this this was a really – they had one for all four pillars, I, I'm pretty sure. Uh, they yes. were all, all really well put together. No, I liked them all. That, I, I said it on Twitter. It's if obviously this is the match they're going to go with, and it's probably the one be the, the main event. You gave all four guys like you know it's like a campaign, a presidential campaign, you know speech. You know here's your two minutes. You know tell us why you should be world champion. 
even Christian coming out and, you know, he, he was like, if Jack can get his head out of his ass, he can win this match and become world champion. So, you know, even with guys that didn't like the person that they were talking about, giving them, you know, putting them over and giving them their props, it's going to give fans a chance to like guys who they want to like, dislike guys who they don't want to like, and you're going to put all four of these jokers in one match. I mean, Sammy Guevara and, and MJF in a match into itself is a, a fucking heat magnet. I can't imagine, I don't even, where is this, Las Vegas? Las Vegas is going to be crazy for this main event. I, I'm not saying it's San Juan crazy, but it's going to be pretty fucking hot for sure. All right, so uh, next we had FTR came out, and they said that they wanted their best friend, Mark Briscoe, to come out. And instead, we got... Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett, Sutton Singh, um, Sutton Singh was there, Sanjay Dutt, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, you know, they were asking, you know, because they, they want a, a title shot, right? And uh, so Mark Briscoe comes out to a huge pop, and he said that he's going to be the special guest referee for this match. And so they're toasting some tequila, or they're trying to, and Sanjay Dutt's pouring, pouring some tequila. And uh, then he spits tequila in the eyes of Zach Carwood, and they start a brawl. And as Mark Briscoe is trying to keep the peace between these two groups that he is aligned with, so it's kind of like almost like a custody of Mark Briscoe match that he's special refereeing. That's really uh, Zach Carwood is so disoriented from tequila in the eyes that he pile drives Mark Briscoe, which I don't know if you guys, if this has ever happened to you, but you guys ever been at the bar and just had too much tequila or maybe someone's just tequila in your eyes and you accidentally pile drive your best friend. Has that ever uh, happened to you? Has that ever happened to you? Has that ever happened to you? <laughs> <Yeah>. mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with no. <laughs> too much tequila? So, yes. Pile drive my best friend at the bar? No. Happened to me a yeah. couple times. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know. This is pretty fun. Um, I, 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 I just think that Mark Briscoe's whole demeanor after losing his Irish twin, his brother, his tag team partner, you know, the guy that he is, what, what, what are they, 22-time tag team? 13? I don't know. So some, <laughs> I'm going to go with 16. I think, I, think I see this hat that says 16X. Somebody will be mad at me for High five time will be mad at us. Um, I never pretended to be a wrestling fan. I'm a journalist. Um, True, I'm I the sh- fan. Should probably have my notes, but um, I have it in my notes somewhere. Here, I'll yeah. look for it. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, Jesus Christ, this guy just he just kept rolling, didn't he? I mean, good for him. God, I mean, I res- great for him. Respect the fuck out of people with uh faith in God because that clearly is getting him through it, and good for him. He is having fun though. And it's a shame that it took the death of his brother to get him on uh, national television. That being said, this was this was a fun segment. And I'm telling you, I know that people don't like Triple J, but FTR versus Triple J with Mark Briscoe as a special guest referee, that's going to be fun. There is no doubt. Expect some Memphis-ass shit in that match, man. That is going to be a overbooked, insane mess, and I am looking forward to it. (laughs) 
I don't know where I'm going to be for that episode. I'm assuming it's a Sunday night, but it's going to be too long of a match for me to stand and boycott it. So I'm just going to pray to God that FTR wins and we could all move along. You would boycott that match? Probably not. No. What, what, what is with you boycotting matches, man? What it's I did? It, I did it. What, fun. I did it. What twice? I went. I had to go to the shower because I was going to the fucking. I had to work the next that day. That's sorry, not, not sorry. That's not a boycott. Okay, well then, Brock yeah. and Omos, that's a, that's a straight up boycott, and I'll I'll never take that back. Yeah, but why was that again? Who needs to see that bullshit? I know what's gonna happen. Y'all can watch that. I'll smoke a cigarette. Tell me when it's over. But you didn't smoke a cigarette. You stood in the doorway and just made sure everybody knew that you were boycotting the match. Oh, motherfucker. You act like everybody didn't know, A, to begin with, and B, if I went outside, it would have been the same thing. Y'all were trying to be like, oh, oh, here comes Bobby Lashley. Oh, here comes Stone Cold. Oh, the Rock's here. You know, trying to get me to run in like an idiot. Then get the fuck up out of here, man. Zach, what's next? Uh, <laughs> motherfucking Stone Cold, The Rock. <laughs> God bless Bo. I love Vice, but he was just trying to get me to come in there and look like an ass. I mean, I'll be right back. Go ahead, Zach. No, not not The Rock. It's Bo Rock. Obama's in the ring. I'm like, dude, get the fuck out of here. I'm, I don't even hear the crowd getting hyped, okay? There's just there's still that kind of little murmur that's going on, you know? I don't want to hear that shit. Let's keep moving that shit going. Fuck all that. You can tell it how you want to tell it. I'm not breaking my neck to come in here and fall down, and then I look like the WrestleMania asshole. That's still going to be Bill, by the way. All right, Zach, go ahead. <laughs> uh, so, uh, <laughs> Renee, Renee Paquette's backstage at Jericho. Like I said, he's doing that gimmick where – He's got a court order for Adam Cole. Uh, Roderick Strong walks up, though, and challenges him to a Falls Count Anywhere match. Uh, Jericho accepts, and then Roderick Strong has a court order to say that the Jericho Appreciation Society are banned from ringside. That's or right. Maybe the arena. So, but, uh, yeah, that's going to be the match. TK, and you owe some money. <laughs> I was about to say, you, yeah. We got to get this shit trademarked Because every time I look up Somebody's banned from ringside I'm like what the fuck man Shit We should be getting paid I know Everybody's banned from ringside No doubt um, Yeah Thunder Rosa shows up in the back um, She goes into Tony Khan's office um, She's been around for a minute Doing Spanish commentary So no huge news there and video package on Steve Guevara where he cuts an entirely baby face promo. Dude, I was <laughs> so, I, I was sitting there listening to that. I'm like, is he a heel or is he a baby face? What the fuck? This is straight up. A, you you were so right. That was a straight baby face promo. Yeah, as uh, baby face as you can get. And uh, then we had the backstage segment with Tony Khan saying uh, one of the best dynamite cards I've ever had and. Uh, because next week they have a huge announcement, so that's probably the Warner Brothers and the Collision announcement, so that's exciting. And then we had Orange Cassidy uh, defeating Daniel Garcia, barely, to retain mm. the international title. And man, if this isn't the best thing in AEW right now, this Orange Cassidy title reign, there's four pillars, but Orange Cassidy is like the load-bearing wall, man. He is <laughs> holding this fucking thing up. What a great... <laughs> I'm sorry, that's the lame reaction, but I'm just... Now I'm picturing this shit. I'm just like... <laughs> I see the four pillars and, like, you know, OC's, like, really all doing all the work. It's like you see him, like, strutting and shit. Like, oh, my God, this is heaven. 
<laughs> and as Bill would say, it's probably because like the four pillars are so short they can't actually reach right. the ceiling. So, uh, shit, but uh, they had an awesome match, uh, which again on paper you would fully expect this match to be awesome. So uh, it was, and um, the whole gimmick, the whole story is that Orange Cassidy is just tired. Man, he defends the title every single week. And somebody's going to pick him off. I thought it might be Garcia. I agree. Um, yeah, and a lot of times, like, they're doing a good job of finding a bonus. A lot of times, I think it's going to be the person that he's wrestling. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. No, I agree, especially when Garcia had him in the, uh, what's what's it called? The um, It's not the Lion Tamer, but the Dragon Tamer or whatever it is. He had fucking Orange Cassidy sold the fuck up. I'm like, okay. This is it. He had him in the, you know, the, the submission and he's stomping the hand. I'm like, okay, this is it. That and was it, awesome. And I'm just like, and he didn't tap. I was like, okay, maybe this isn't it. And it just, it, it just adds another level to Orange Cassidy and hit this title reign, the toughness of Orange Cassidy. It's, it's hard not to like him at this point. If you, if you like wrestling and you're a wrestling fan, like Bill always likes to brow about, beat me about that shit. It's hard not to get involved in this shit. It's hard not to get invested in this. Orange Cassidy's had arguably one of the best AEW title runs in company history, and it keeps going. I like the fact that the injuries pile up week after week, the hand, the back, whatever the case may be. So now guys are starting to take advantage of it, but nobody can beat them. Credit to Orange Cassidy. Yeah. This is one of the, uh, the best booking moves that Tony Khan has done since AEW started. I think he made that title the number two title in the company. Pretty much. Go ahead, Bill. They said that he hasn't lost a singles match since August of 2022. That feels about right, and that, which is crazy to even think about. But That is wild. That he, feels about right. But he has had a string of tremendous matches in this run, and it's pretty undeniable. He's had a string of matches in this run with a variety of partners that that go from legit ass legit ass luchadors from Triple A all the way up to I, I think that he beat uh, Brian, Brian Cage. Cage, you know. So Orange Cassidy is doing things. Good mm. for him. Good for him. Um, I don't know if Zach had already gone, but no, nah, we are. Yeah, just keep going, Zach. Shit. Outcast, Britt Baker, Jamie Hayer. All right. Yeah, so there was a video package with uh, with them and um, Akara Shida. So um, not much to say there, except uh, we're just a couple weeks from a pay-per-view, and there's, like, no build for Jamie Hayter having a singles match. It's all kind of tied into this Soraya, Britt Baker kind of continuing storyline. So that's interesting. But um, we had Christian Cage come out with some Dominic Mysterio level heat. Uh, <laughs> I said, I said it on Twitter. I was like, man, this is some this is some Dom heat over here. He gave his peak. <laughs> Dude, for real. Um, he he had a ton of heat. So that was uh, it. Was pretty funny because you know he's going off and he does the thing where he talks about dead dads you know he did the jungle boy and then he said because wardlow his dad just passed recently and he's like you know you were looking for a new father figure and i i like 
gasped because he's like, and then you happened upon Arn Anderson, who coincidentally was looking for a new son. I gasped. I was like, holy Cold shit. Buddy. I was like, that, that, I, I uh, <laughs> my, like, my thing damn. was that crosses a line. I mean, does it? This is what Christian Cage does. It, he's a habitual button pusher. This ain't the first time. Ain't going to be the last. Did I pop? Fuck yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, you about to get your ass beat on multiple levels. You about to get your ass beat. And that's what I like. I'm not I'm not expecting Wardlow to lose this. Wardlow needs momentum. And a big name that he can beat, even if it's Christian, that's a start. Wait a minute. Did you say that that? So, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's go back. Let's go back. Um, so, Christian Cage says Arn Anderson was looking for a new son. Arn yes. Anderson's son just died. Yes. The 37-year-old yes. Barrett Anderson. Yes. Just died. Yes. And then he – sorry, my wife was talking to me, so I maybe I missed this. But he turned it into talking about Brock Anderson. Yes, who was signed? Yeah, which is a, who was signed with AEW? Yeah, he was on a yeah. ROH TV. Uh, guess what? Didn't last feel week. like that's what he meant, though. I don't he, think that's what I he felt like. Go ahead. I, I don't think he. In, I don't think he intentionally was talking about the dead son because uh, he did mention Brock right away, almost to cover like he realized that. Oh shit! Well, the fans was like, "Oh!" Now he had to know that before that, though, right? I mean, Christian Cage. He's not the type of person that comes out there and, like, I'm going to go off the cuff. Christian Cage probably has a a long-standing relationship with Arn Anderson. Arn Anderson is a guy that used to produce all these matches in WWE the same way that we talked about producers tonight. Like, there's no way that Christian Cage didn't know that Arn Anderson's son didn't die. That was was a... If that's the case, then he shouldn't have had to come back and say, talk about Brock. Because immediately after the crowd reacted, he talked about Brock Anderson. If if that was all in all good, the way you're saying, then he should have never said anything about Brock Anderson. No shit. That's why it was. It was. But it was just so. It's one thing to talk about somebody's dead dad. Like people are supposed to bury their parents. Parents aren't supposed to bury their kids. Agreed. When you talk about somebody's dead kid. And I'm not saying that Christian did that. Of course, I mean, everything that I see about Christian, everything I know about Christian, he's a cool dude. Like, and he he wouldn't overstep that line. Like Zach said, I was like, I was sitting there at work. I was typing it up. I had my little iPhone there, and I had my headphone in, and I was... I was, just, you know, listening to it, and I was doing my little firing off emails, and he, I was like, "Whoa!" I was like, "Holy shit! What the fuck did he just say?" I said that wrong. He sent to the wrong email. What the fuck? If 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 Arn Anderson's son never would have died, the other son, then that would have been pretty good. If you're trying to get heat on Brock Anderson, but not if you're trying to get heat on, I I just. I, I, Pretty strange. A, I don't think it's as strange as we think. I think Christian, this is what he does. It just for whatever reason, I, I think he meant to do it honestly, and the crowd reacted, and he kind of backed off of it. Okay, really? Yes, I really do. If he has this relationship with Arn, that hey, I can go out here and anything I say is okay. 
I think he meant to say that, to get heat on himself. That's what Christian does. He brought up Luke Perry. Do you not think Arn Anderson's son is above board at this point? Yeah, I do. I don't. Because parents are... Parents should not be burying the children. I, I, I children agree with what you're saying, but we're still children talk- are supposed to bury their parents. Ultimately, you're talking about the same thing. We're talking about dead filling the you blank. You can talk about Luke Perry all you want. Okay. I mean, especially if Jungle Jack Perry's uh, okay with it. I mean, I'm not. I'm not giving him permission. Like, I, I'm sure Jungle Jack Perry gave him the permission to say shit about his dad. I'm sure his. I'm sure Luke Perry, if, uh, you know, if what, if I understand. His, Jungle Jack Perry and his dad's relationship, they bonded over wrestling. They, they loved the whole, they loved everything about it. So, I mean, I'm sure Luke Perry would get a kick out of it, you know, after he got over the fact that he was dead. But, Jesus Christ. But, I mean, I mean, the kid just died in March, though. It's May. Like, that is, that's some raw shit. That is raw. Look, I'm not disagreeing with that, but. If he said it, he said it with blessing, in my opinion. Okay, so here's what I think. I think they, I think they have the wrong name of the of the tag team because Christian is much more of the edge lord of the group. <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> I mean, right? Like, is, hey, is, hey, wrong? Hey, is he wrong? Is he wrong? No, there is a lie there. Come on now. But I, I, listen, I'm not. I'm not one to say. I'm not one to tell Arn Anderson if he can make jokes about his kid or not. But Surely the kid had a mother. I would I, like to think so. I, I don't know. Like, am, am I being a bleeding heart here? Like, it just seemed a little cold. I mean. It seemed a bad taste. That's why I don't think he actually meant Okay, to do it. there you go. I don't think he meant to do it either. There you go. I think he meant to do it, but then when the crowd reacted so poorly and was like, ooh, you know, and I think I almost, I almost wanted to say they were like, fuck you, Christian, or whatever. They started chanting towards no, they, the end of his whole promo. I couldn't couldn't understand they what they chanting, were saying. They started chanting, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. Okay. At that point, he, I think right then he knew, and okay, you guys are married. You guys got getting uh, an argument with your wife. You know right when a point when you're like, okay, I'm Not saying me. some shit that is going to piss her off or going to push a button, and you're in the thought of, like, I shouldn't be saying it, but the mouth is already saying it. I think that was Christian Cage. He knew what he wanted to do, probably maybe had even some, you know, hesitation about it, but he kept going through it, and once he said it, it was out. And the crowd reacted like that. It was a negative reaction, and that's when Brock Anderson came out. And in my opinion, you see what the rest happened. But I'm if, if you put me on gunpoint, I think they had an agreement on it. The shit went sideways, and he backtracked it. Whew, that is right. that is uh, that is that's cold. I mean, if Arn Anderson was, if Arn Anderson was okay with that, that is that is some true carny shit. <laughs> like, like seriously, that is some true carny shit. Like get heat any way you can. Your thirty-seven-year-old son dies. I, I don't know. I, look, I, I'm like sure I, I'm like wrong. I, like I said, maybe I'm a, maybe I'm just being a bleeding heart. Maybe I'm being. I'm a sure pussy. I'm wrong. That is that is cold. Look, we'll never know. Let's go like that. But Next. I mean, I mean, but, uh, hold on, hold on. Uh, just before we get on from it, because this this was the thing I wanted to talk about the most, mm. honestly, was that like if if Zach and I and Zach is one of the most uh, irreverent 
uh, podcasters out there. I think you'd, I think you'd agree. Uh, and I'm not one, I'm not one to shy away from anything that really happens in pro wrestling. If both of us, and I'm sure you did too, were you like, oh, <laughs> I was like, damn, I mean, I'm, at, I'm at home, you know, watching it live. I was like, oh, he went there. I mean, the lady, damn. the the gal that sits next to me in the cubicle next to me, and we can't see each other, but we talk to each other all the time. I go, oh, she go, everything okay? I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 we're good. <laughs> uh, our Anderson's kid died, and somebody's out there cutting a promo, and she goes, what? You want a bagel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll take a bagel right now. Just hand it on over. This shit started getting good. Me a bagel, Robin. <laughs> That's this is the same lady. I don't know if I've told you this story, but like, I always have my phone propped up and I'm watching wrestling. Did I tell you this story where she's like, "Yeah," did I say it on the podcast? Yes. Okay. Never a couple mind. weeks ago, I think sounds right. Never mind. She goes, "Oh, you just like to hear him grunt." <laughs> <laughs> you didn't bring me nothing to eat. Yes, I did. <laughs> I'll say, got you on that, motherfucker. Sorry, sorry. I'll, Robin I'll, needs to come on the pod so I'll we can start uh, oh, find out what the fuck you Robin really be would doing. Love you. <laughs> I'll say, Zach, you hear that? Robin would love you. Go ahead, Zach. All right, uh, video package with Darby Allen. Um, nothing to, unless you guys have anything to say, but I don't have any strong feelings about it. Just hyping up the pay per view. No, um, Sting Darby, good connection. I get that. It was good. Yeah, yeah, it was fine. Uh, Julia Hart and Anna Jay in a no hold barred match. Um, this was better than I thought it would be. Uh, definitely give props to them. They both improved. And, I mean, it's a gimmick match, so. Uh, you're protected in, in that sense uh, to where it's not like it's a technical masterpiece or anything, but uh, this is good. They both uh, seem pretty confident and they beat the shit out of each other. Oh, so, shit. Um, uh, Julia Hart uh, wins. Seems like they're building her up for something. I don't know if maybe she's going to challenge like Jamie Hayter. I mean, that, that'd be fine. Um, but it seems like they're building her up for something. She gets a lot of TV time. I think the Jamie Hater, that's a that's a jump. I mean, even Jade is a jump. I agree with you. They're, they're, they are building her up with, for something. What that is, I don't know. I'm, I'm giving props to both ways, especially Anna Jade. It feels like every time you look up and there's a nasty, crazy step match, Anna Jay is in the middle of it. So it's like you said, maybe she's not a technical wizard, but she's willing to put her body out there. So I'll give her that much. Um, I don't know what – what this is all leading to, but I agree with you. This, I had very little expectations for this, and all of a sudden I caught myself, you know, kind of getting into it as the match progressed. So I'll give the ladies credit on that one. A for effort. Uh, what else? Yeah. <laughs> A for effort. Hey, <laughs> they, I mean, it was, it was, it was better than expected. Uh, I, it was, it was on while I was typing. Um, wow. A for effort. A for effort. Listen, uh, so, I, I feel like I got to say this. I'm Don't even, defend it. I'm Don't defend even, it. I'm not even high. I feel no. I feel like I have to say this. I know that I said a few weeks back that I just really don't like women's wrestling. It's not true because when you have something like Io Sky and Bianca Belair, that was something that was legitimately great. Uh, Rio Ripley versus Lena Vega was legitimately great. Um, there was no stories built up to those. Really, I mean, not, nothing. No, I disagree with that. EO e- and Bianca had a story. Rhea and Zelina had a, a very quick. But it was, but it out. was Zelina in Puerto Rico. And no, I understand it, that part. There was, there was something to it. I do like women's wrestling. I just, uh, I, I have a hard time 
with them putting these two out there with I guess there was some build up to this. Former best friends. Um, oh, were I, they former best friends? Yeah. Um, All right, I think well. they done. They fought together in, in a different scenario. They they kind of built. If for whatever reason you didn't know, they kind of explained it before the match started, and then they they showed the match. Um, like I said, for me, I wasn't expecting that much. I'm agreeing with Zach on this. To me, the Jamie Hader is is the question mark, or why is this not happening? Is she hurt, or you know, is why isn't this six woman match on double or nothing? I mean, basically, it feels like we've been building up for this particular match, and that's fine. But then, if we're gonna have this match before double or nothing, what's the is Jamie Hader not going to be on double or nothing? It just I think Tony is booking the whole women's division kind of ass backwards. It should start with Jamie Hayter first and everybody else. That's just me. I I mean, I have, I have no defense. That's just Julia Hart and Anna Jay as characters aren't that interesting to me and they're not good they're not good enough wrestlers for me to be interested in the match. Anna Jay's got fat ass. I'll give you that. Well, As uh, yeah. Chris Jericho said, I think about it every time I see her. Chris Jericho during the pandemic, like before she was even wrestling on Dynamite, he's like, oh, there's Anna Jay. She's got the best seat in the house. <laughs> she was sitting in the front row, but it was just such a great double entendre because you know that he was just talking about her ass. I think about it every time. It, uh, it, it's, it's something. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so we did have a backstage, Renee Paquette, this is a very fun uh, – I'm getting some echoing. Um, you want to cut all this out, uh, but I don't know if somebody set their mic down. It sounds, sounds weird. I can uh, hear myself. Anyway. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So, is that better? Uh, yep, that's 100% better. Okay. Uh, Renee Paquette backstage with best friends. I laugh my ass off at this. we got Orange Cassidy um, who just says, like, I'm tired. <laughs> and uh, then uh, – they talk about them winning uh, the trio titles, and he's looking at his like backpack. He's like, "I think I can fit three more belts in here." <laughs> and uh, they're talking about house rules, which was confusing last week. So, like I said, it was very confusing. So um, they're like, "Well, you have a you know you can pick a rule," and they're like, "What? We can pick a rule?" He's like, "We didn't know that." And uh, that's pretty funny because we talked about how confusing it was. So they picked the rule uh, that uh, no spooky witches ringside. Uh, because Julia Hart was just out there and had a weapons match, and it freaked them out. So they said, no spooky witches. And uh, Tony Schiavone says, uh, if I would have had that rule, I wouldn't have gotten married. And I was like, oh, he's going to hear about that later if his wife's watching wrestling at all. <laughs> so, you ain't lying. Unless he's divorced. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he's maybe, divorced. Yeah, uh, yeah, good point. But we did have uh, a... Trio's match, House of Black, uh, defeated the Best Amigos, which is Chuck Taylor, Tempretta, and Bandito. Um, you know, this match, you know, felt different, mostly because of the way it was shot. Uh, it was a good match. It had a lot of action. I don't know about the dark, darkening the, the crowd and then highlighting the ring. It felt Bray Wyatt to me. Um, yep. Uh, ding, so, ding, 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 ding. Yes, it felt really wide to me. That. Nope, didn't like it. 
I I have no problem with that. It was nowhere near close to a Bray Wyatt match, and I guess this is where we're going to talk about how I see matches differently. You, If you show me a Bray Wyatt match that was good as that match that we saw on Wednesday, and I'm talking about with the, the red light, that whole shebang, then let's talk. Otherwise, then we're talking about two totally different things. That is- it's the same gimmick. I'll give you that. The match quality is where the problem is. With me in lies. There has never been a Bray Wyatt match with a red light on where I was like, oh, this is the shit. This was good. I didn't even think it was the shit. No doubt it was good. Of course it's good. I mean, listen, the House of Black have three insane workers. Agreed. And uh, Bandito (laughs) is an insane worker. Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta, both really good. Got no problem with either of them. They don't... uh, they don't necessarily move the needle for me, Fair. but but I, I don't want them off my TV or anything like that. I agree with that, too. I just don't think – I, I think that the match is good enough that you don't need to do the thing where they darken where, – where it's got a special light on it. To me, this is the free bird rule. Actually, you know, it's less Bray Wyatt and more Sin Cara. Remember when they did that shit with Sin Cara? St- dude, stop. I'm not even going to entertain that. They to me, did that shit with Sin Cara. To me, this is the free bird rule, and it's about getting the House of Black over and making them as unique as humanly possible. Okay? I don't necessarily agree with the the extra steps, but I have no problem with the lighting. Zero. Not I, not even mad at that. I mean, that's 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 fair. I disagree, but fair. I, I, I don't hate that opinion. Ultimately, I think this is about getting the House of Black over before you bl- you split them up. If this is the way you're going to do it, and it makes them feel unique, and you you can get any three guys to basically run the, uh, a, a trios match, I'm I'm down for it. Shit, I'll, be, fuck I'll, it. I'll, I'll be honest. I hope they don't split them up for a while, and no, I hope I hope I think, they I, I hope they keep the, months, I hope they keep the belts on them for a while. Also, they should be the the standard bearers of the trios titles before anybody else is. If that makes sense. Fair enough. Zach. Two beer. Go. Three beer. All right. So we had the I video package. The, the last video package for the four pillars, which is Jungle Jack Perry. Uh, this is also uh, fine. You know, showed him running the ropes in his, in his ring in his backyard and the, uh, talking about his been The inclusion so of I, Christian on this one made it my favorite one. Agreed. Oh yeah, no, that was good. Uh, I like the MJF one the best, but um, it's yeah, pr- it's good. pretty rare that you have a a vignette like this and include somebody that the guy doesn't get along with. Ding! Like that is that's actually really interesting to me and something that they I can't ever remember anybody doing something like this. Having somebody having a vignette where a guy that he's had a feud with that they still kayfabe style hate each other and have that guy included on the vignette and then puts him over and, and put him over and yeah. puts him over that's really smart really different and i i really respected the shit out of it i think a, um, i think a major reason to do it is because if you think about jack perry jungle boy whatever you want to call him it's really two guys that you associate him with it's christian and it's luchasaurus that's right 
Luchasaurus can't talk, so he can't he can't put Jungle Jack Perry over. And but Di- you know who can? And Dylan from nine hundred two one zero. I also <laughs> associate him with him. I was going to say I'm not sure. Marco's son punching the air right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> Very good call. You are correct on that. We have totally forgotten about for all Marco's you kids son. out there. Dylan was Luke Perry's name on nine hundred two one zero. So in that scenario. MJF is MJF, and he who is good because it's like you said. Where is the line? Jack Perry's I thought was my favorite because you got his essentially his mortal enemy in AEW right now, putting him over. And, and like I said, if he pulls his head out of his ass, he can be world champion. To me, that's that's the ultimate endorsement. You uh, just reminded me of a funny tweet that I saw, Bill, where. A uh, guy felt personally attacked for being old whenever he asked the Starbucks kid for the bathroom code, and the kid said it was 90210. <laughs> and anybody <laughs> of a certain age. <laughs> man, dog, dog. That is really good. Man, I'm old. I'm yeah. old as fuck. That really did. That got a tickle out of me. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. really, that's really fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, that's it's official. <laughs> the silly jokes just now starting to make me giggle. I'm old. <laughs> um, so then we had a fantastic main event uh, with a fantastic uh, turn at the end. John Moxley uh, defeats Kenny Omega in a steel cage match. Uh, these guys put it out there, and I mean. You remember, like, I don't know if it was, like, unsanctioned match or lights out. They did this, like, pretty early on. Um, they had I a think fantastic, that was their first like, match. They, they, they broke it down. I think that was their, that was their first match because then Kenny – no, Mox came uh, to AEW. That was their first match. Second match, winner was coming. Kenny wins the title. The third match – I think they said Mox won. I can't remember what it was. But basically, it was. it's basically a story leading up to this fourth match. Go ahead. Yeah. And, oh, man, they, they put it out there. Just uh, a lot of shenanigans early before. I like that they got um, rid of the outside interference for the most part. Like, uh, all the, the uh, Blackpool Combat Club and Elite stuff happened before the match, before they got in the ring. Because the whole point of a cage match is to keep guys in the cage. And every time, like, WWE and in AEW also, like, they'll have a cage match. Like, the guys get out of the ring, and they're brawling all over the arena. It's just, like, the actual opposite of the purpose of the cage match. But um, big brawl. Uh, Nick Jackson jumps off uh, the stage. Brian Danielson's on commentary. Um, just really loved everything about this. But... Uh, just brutal stuff. There's broken glass. There's barbed wire wrapped chairs. Not only did they hit each other with the barbed wire wrapped chairs, uh, Kenny laid it on Moxley's back. And not only did he jump on it, but he jumped and like slid it across his back. So he just oh, tore the shit out of his back. Oh, man. Absolutely brutal. There was a V trigger of all V triggers. Like, this is what this match is going to be remembered for uh, is. He had Moxley up against the cage, and he did his running V-trigger, and it went through the cage, but Kenny got hung up on the cage uh, and in between his leg was in between the ring and the cage, and he got hung up, and it looked like he racked himself, and it looked like his leg could have been mangled 
um, and who knows, like hopefully he's okay. He did. I was watching with headphones on, so I was able. You, you can hear him talking better whenever you're watching with headphones on, um, like the ring talk. And I see Kenny laying down outside, and uh, he looks at Doc Samson and he says, "Am I okay?" And Doc Samson like came over and like looked at his leg and shit. Uh, so fingers crossed that he That's is ridiculous. actually okay. Um, but a- yeah, uh, brutal, brutal spot. And then uh, Kenny does the one. Well, there's broken glass spots all over the place. Uh, Kenny does the one winged angel, but before he can get the pin, uh, we have the heel turn of. Well, I mean, Callus is already a heel carny, but uh, this is more of a pure babyface turn for. Kenny Omega because it puts Kenny firmly in the babyface position because Callis hits him with the screwdriver, uh, Moxley gets the pin, and then Callis whispers something in his ear, um, which I would love to speculate on what he actually whispered to him. I'm sure Callis will probably tell us. But um, anyway, fantastic turn. Pure babyface Omega. Omega was great as that heel champion, and he was just that douchebag belt collector so good he's also like a great fantastic cocky heel like the cleaner but pure baby face Kenny Omega is my favorite Kenny Omega and I am here for this a bunch of things to say about this match first of all this plays in the Moxie's strengths doesn't play necessarily in the Kenny's strengths but ultimately that is why Kenny is a better wrestler than Moxley is because Kenny can wrestle Moxley's match. I don't know if Moxley can wrestle Kenny's match. That is not a slight on Moxley. It's just a commentary on what kind of wrestler he is. You know where we could sell this? Wembley yeah, Stadium. I was going to say G1 like you usually say. But. Oh, oh I, I, you know, I, I, yes. I mean, well, we saw Moxley in the G1. and We haven't seen Moxley and Kenny in the G1. No, we haven't. No. Uh, but that is, that's, like I said, that's not a slide on Moxley. That is a, that's a props to Kenny. Uh, it's not my favorite type of match. I'm well documented. I, I like these hardcore brawls aren't really my favorite. I prefer like a triple threat match. Oh, no. Well, no, like, <laughs> like an Omega Okada thing or something like that. Something new Japani, something that's just crazy athleticism. Um, Kodobushi, Will Ospreay, guys like that come to mind. Uh, the second thing I'll say is that Excalibur was tremendous during this match. And Excalibur and Taz, Shivani's fine. I think you take Shivani out of it, and Excalibur and Taz would both be, like, so good. They were so good during this match. And this might come from, like me watching it on an iPhone next to my computer as I'm typing shit up. But, like, you know, I've watched enough wrestling. I know what's going on on the outside when they're selling. So, really, you just hear Excalibur. I just have Excalibur in my head the entire time. This is when you can listen and type. Right. And uh, I'm just saying, I just think Excalibur's incredible. And, uh, like, literally Kevin Kelly level. I would love to hear him switch for a while. I would love to see Excalibur do... New Japan stuff, just to hear him call all those all those moves. You know that's what he wants to do anyway, you know? I'm sure it'll happen. Uh, the other Forbidden thing, door, just two-man booth, Kevin Kelly and Excalibur. Man, that, I mean, that's the dream, right? Stop, stop. <laughs> you know Chris this. Chris Charles, maybe. it has to be there somewhere. All right, but, I mean, 
they could both do play by play and they could both do color if they wanted to. They could both work heel if they wanted to. They could both work baby face if they wanted to. Don 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 Callis uh for some of the matches. The for, third, for a candy match for sure. Third thing third thing I'll say about this match is like the first thing I thought when I saw how it ended was that it's gonna be Kenny MJF in the main event at Wembley Stadium. Like they have moved so that that's what? That's in August? Yes. So we got three months. August 27th, they have, if they I'm have, not mistaken. They have successfully shifted Kenny Omega to 100% grade A white meat baby face, right? Yes, at this point, yes. And I don't see MJF losing that belt in the next three months. Probably not. I think you get Omega MJF as your main event at Wembley Stadium. And I think that's fucking badass because I think it makes it like solidifies all in as AEW's WrestleMania. And they fucking called their shot, man. They called their shot and that would be that would be a worthy main event in my opinion. Do you agree? Zach, do me a favor and look up the do you have your phone on you? Uh, I'm speaking into it. Look up the the Dominion card <laughs> and make sure that uh, Kenny Omega isn't defending the title at Dominion. And this is where I'm going to say with this. I, I love everything what you're saying. But if Kenny Omega is going to defend the U.S. championship against the winner of the Lance Archer Tanahashi Omega mosh pit that we have going on right now, we have to figure out when that is going to happen. If that is going to happen at Forbidden Door, then that shoots down your MJF Kenny Omega theory, which I love. But we have to remember there is a plan in place. I just can't remember where Kenny has to defend the title. I'm pretty sure it's at Dominion. He's not on the Dominion card now. The Dominion card has the tournament final for that championship. Okay. Lance Archer versus Oscar Fill in the blank. Okay, there you go. So my prediction is correct? No, I'm saying that now <laughs> if if Osprey wins that tournament, yep. that feels like Osprey Omega Forbidden Door U.S. Championship. That's Forbidden Door, though. I'm talking about all in at Wembley. I'm talking about Wembley Stadium. I'm talking about what's going to be the main event of all oh, in. Jesus Christ. Were you thinking I was talking about Forbidden Door the whole no, time? No, I'm just saying that if there's the hang-up, that Kenny Omega is still a U.S. champion. So if what? It, he's the he's the IWGP U.S. champion. I, I hear he what you're hold, saying. He can hold both. In fact, if anybody can hold both, he it's can hold Kenny both. Omega. He's the belt collector. He can lose one. On uh, some paper, some pay per view in Japan in October or something. Okay, then and I'll, then I'll, I'll, I'll okay. But then you can still run Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay back as number three. So you want you? Want, I don't want it. I'm just saying that this is the obstacle. Okay, Kenny how, Omega how versus Osprey is the serious obstacle in the way how of MJF versus Omega. I'll let you. I'll let you think about it for a second. I'll ask Zach first. Zach, what's more likely at All In in Wembley Stadium, Omega Osprey or Omega MJF? I think Omega Osprey. 
What about Omega Okada? Because that has been uh, in the air also. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that uh, that is obviously that's where a lot of people's heads go, right? Um, I feel like that's got to be run back. It would at be some Omega point. Okada five. The records two zero and one in Okada's favor. No, I'm sorry, two one and one. Two one, Okada, one yeah. Two Okada's one and favor. one. Yeah. I still think it's going to be Omega and Osprey. I just. It's going to be think, hard not think, to have Will Ospreay on a a Wembley card. Who is fighting MJF at Wembley? Then? There, there's the ultimate question. I have no idea. I mean, really, this feels like WrestleMania, doesn't? Doesn't it? Like we're talking about like it's WrestleMania. It's like what's going to be the yeah. main event yeah. at this? Like, yeah, I respect TK man. He called a shot. He's like, we're doing Wembley Stadium. If it would have been 20, it. if it would have been twenty five thousand people, he still would have made it act. He still would have acted like it was a big deal. But it's actually a big deal. No, it's a big deal for sure. It's it's there. Also, all those tickets. So the resale statistics, like only one point three five percent of the tickets that they sold are, are up for resale, which means that people with uh, a few like scalpers over sixty thousand people actually are going to the thing right. and did not buy just to resell. Um, and usually those numbers apparently like. They can float between like twenty and fifty percent as far as um, the number of tickets that are purchased by scalpers for resale um, for these wrestling shows. And right now it's one point three five, which is crazy, crazy because there's so many. So um, Zach, very Zach, very cool. Zach, I think I went a little off uh, a little off the reservation there. Um, I don't think we ever got your opinion about Omega Moxley and Kyle's turn, did we? Uh yeah, no, we did. I started off the count. Um, I haven't really talked about it. Um, oh, I'll, maybe you're the one we forgot. I get you guys mixed. Up. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you guys apart. Right. Um, honestly, I've I've been kind of saying that I I thought Don would flip on Kenny for a while now. It just it still shocked me when it happened because it just it's shocking. You know you. You can think you can see it coming, but then when it actually happens, it's still kind of like, oh, shit. I got to say, once I saw him out there, I was like, he's flipping. I can't say I disagree with you. I just, I wasn't sure how they were going to get there. And then when the cage fell open, I thought about Brock and Roman all over again. I'd almost say they got there kind of lazy, though, right? Because, like, Doc Callis just got the screwdriver scar Two or three weeks ago, right? So how are they going to explain Don Callis turning on a guy who's new? He's known since he was a young wrestler, like a kid, and he sided with the guys, right. or or is he not part of the BCC and he's just gone rogue? Well, I mean, that's the Don. Why Don? Why probably it'll be next week or the week after? This is my guess. If you stop and think about it. When Kenny was coming back and was starting to do his singles run, this is after they dropped the trios cha- championships, and the BCC jumped the Bucks, beat him down, and Kenny was like, "I want to go with be with the Bucks." And him and Don Callis had some beef backstage. Right. Don was like, "Okay, hey, I need you to focus." That was pretty we, soft. We need to focus on this match. You know, I know what you want to do. That's your best friends, but I need you to focus. Take that. Take the the flirtation with Takeshita. 
that clearly went south because he chose, Takeshita chose BCC over, oh, I'm sorry, he chose the elite over BCC. Yeah, but that might be coming back too. Maybe. I'm just I'm just focused on Don Callis for just a second. Seeds were planted, whether you thought they were seeds or not, irrelevant. For me, when I stopped to think about it, there's enough smoke to where now this makes a little sense. Don Callis, especially with Kenny coming back post-surgery, felt like the odd man out more times than not. And now this is his revenge. Two beers, Zach. Do you think that Don Callis is properly rated, underrated, or overrated? Uh, I feel like on this podcast, he's properly rated. I think as a whole, I think he's underrated. Um, He's great. Absolute fucking bullshit. (laughs) He took my answer. (laughs) What an asshole. (laughs) Go ahead. You asked the question, you idiot. I know. Go ahead. Finish your thought. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's mostly it. He, he's fantastic. He elevates, like, everything that he's in. He's so good. Uh, he's just such a carny, and he's just so good at putting people over um, and getting people over. Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know if he's part of the Blackpool Combat Club. Maybe they'll rebrand as the Winnipeg ass whippers. I don't know. I always, um, I always get the feeling that people uh, think that Kenny Omega would be better without him. I think he can stand without him, but I think as heel Kenny, he's it's he's, a different he's better he's with him. as babyface Kenny. He can stand alone without him because he can obviously wrestle, but he can talk. Yeah, he can just go good night and good luck. Man. Yeah. yeah, heel Kenny is great. Adding Don Callis with heel Kenny so, is even better. Properly rated, underrated, overrated. I agree with totally what Zach said. I, I think on this pod. I think we all agree that he's he adds everybody else for whatever reason just doesn't like him and that's that is what hey, it Jason, is. Hey Jason, you can never be on first take. Absolute fucking bullshit. You can never be on first take. Shit. Shit. take the other spot. Shit. I, can, I, I can be on first take right now. That's gonna do it for our two count, unless you want to give it a letter grade. I'll give it a B. I didn't think it was a good as I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'll save my letter grades for pay per views. A fucking diva. <laughs> All right. So, uh, end of the podcast, just going to be some uh, WWE main roster stuff, which isn't any fun anyway. So, we'll get through it pretty quick. Wow. Just looking at it. Oh, here's the biggest news from Monday Veer and Sanga had a oh, vignette. Jesus fucking Christ. What do you think about them? Uh, apparently, they've been, uh, they've been winning all over the world, hmm. which I. I watch a lot of wrestling from all over the world. I mean to tell you. I mean to tell you. Oh, you watch Indian people? You watch Indian wrestling? Hey, man, good. Do you watch Indian wrestling, Two Beer? Every Saturday morning. Didn't think so. No, (laughs) fuck you. You guys don't know South Asian wrestlers. That's my dog. He came back quick. He's like, every Saturday morning while I'm cooking the kids breakfast. That's how I feel like when you guys talk about stardom. <laughs> Stardom's good. Okay, no, I, know it, I know it is. I just never watch it. And you guys talk about it. You're like, oh, do you, like I'm like in the one zero 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 one percent of the population that watches wrestling. And just I just to feel like a complete fucking just loser just out of the conversation when you guys talk about stardom. It's you like said it. I didn't. Iron Law of Institutions. <laughs> um, 
So Sami Zayn and KO had a pretty good backstage segment with Imperium. I don't know if you guys saw it, if you liked it. And a pretty good match, actually. I agree with both. I think this, this is, as long as we're talking about, like, cracks and foundations. I don't know if you saw the exclusive backstage segment after the match. I only watched okay. on TV. It felt like, long story short, it felt like Sammy and KO were kind of having a little tiff backstage. Not beefing, just tiff. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is the way to set up them losing the tiles, splitting up the tiles. I don't know. Obviously, we know the story of KO and Sammy. It never lasts long. Maybe it's going to happen sooner versus later. I don't know. Like I said, uh, the match I thought was good. I th- what I'm saying is, and Zach, I'll ask your opinion on this, Sami Zayn versus KO, because they can be pretty funny, versus Imperium, who are supposed to be completely serious, can be a pretty good feud. Like, that's how really good wrestling feuds are made of. That's just how good comedy is, right? You know, straight man and comedian, right? Like, just having them play the straight men. Yeah, when KO's uh, like... Fantastic. He's like, yeah, we were talking. I don't... I don't and they're like, oh, when Imperium like, came in the like, ring, bow to the match. <laughs> when Imperium came in the ring, and Ko, you could see Ko in the background. Ko was like, "What did he do?" You know, you could see him like motioning with his arms behind his back. I was like, Jesus Christ! I told that I can agree with. You add Gunther into the mix, now you got some shit to work with. I could see either one of those guys facing Gunther for a big belt someday. Agreed, no and that's doubt. why I think ultimately Ooh, a Sammy versus Gunther, a KO versus Gunther works. Sammy KO, KO? Gunther in a triple threat. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, just because we're talking main roster for thirty seconds, I just I got to get my beef off with this. The tournament they did with the, uh, at least on the raw side. You know, I got to make that drop now. Man, knock yourself out. Get my beef off on this motherfucker. I don't give a fuck. I got a problem with it. Okay. Sorry, not sorry. Get my beef off. Okay. Here's my problem with it. This if we're going to. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get my beef off on this one. So if this is going to be a whole raw, if this is a raw title, why is it not all raw guys on. In this tournament, why is it a triple threat? I mean, this is what I'm talking about. You guys are over here acting like this is, you know, happening in real time and you can't, you know, foreshadow this and, you know, book it to where it all kind of makes sense. Motherfucker, you you know you know when this shit's going to happen. It's been circled for a year, probably two years in certain cases. Make it make Sense. That's all I'm saying. This was a the draft should be at the exact same time every fucking year. And then when you have, you know, you can spill into where backlash makes sense. Love Selena Vega. uh, Well, I shouldn't say love it. Liked it. But you knew who was going to win because they have to switch the titles. This is a scenario where you shouldn't have triple threats at the top. You shouldn't have SmackDown guys. On for competing for a raw championship. What are we talking about? I gotta get my beef off, man. Leave me alone. Oh, you're still getting your beef off? Yeah, you were talking to your wife, motherfucker. Let me talk. This is banned from ring. Beef. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I just. I wish I had one that just said, "This is the beef." <laughs> All right. And, I'm not sure we can come up with that. And then. Uh, 
the big thing that happened was Cody came out and cut a huge babyface promo. Uh, Cody is fighting in a triple threat match versus Finn Balor and The Miz. And here goes Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar cut what could have been my favorite Brock Lesnar <laughs> promo of all time. Where you just kept screaming, look Through at my face. face. Look at my face. I was like, yeah, that's fucked up, dog. <laughs> I watched it. I watched it 100% sober. And I was, I was, I was like, this is badass. Like, that was badass. Yeah. yeah. What'd you think? Say, can, you, can you back up for a second? Yeah, that's fucked up, dog. <laughs> Zach, what'd you think? Oh, yeah. It was awesome. Um, I really enjoyed that. And uh, the fact that Cody lost. Um, perfect because and you know it brought cost him a match. It adds to the adds to the feud. Um, I don't mind the triple threat. I actually I really enjoyed the triple threat, and I love the, the tournament aspect of um, you know it just puts more wrestling like on Raw and SmackDown, and that's good. Um, I really like that because well, I, I watch wrestling often for the wrestling. Yes. Uh, if I'm wanting it to make sense, like we cannot expect WWE to make sense uh, until Vince dies because Vince is back and we're back to Vince. Do you know? But it's, it's like, just not going to make sense. But it's also it's also it's also just not wrestling on Raw. It's wrestling where there's a consequence to winning or losing. Like if there's no yeah. consequence and it's just a couple, they, they just roll a couple dudes out there. They roll out Tyler Rex and Chris Masters or something. It's Whoa. like, it's like, yeah, okay, I'll watch these guys wrestle, but I have no emotional investment at all. But I didn't mind these triple threats, and I know the the whole joke was about how much I like triple threats. <laughs> but like, I could get it. I, I would rather it be like a four week tournament of thirty two guys or something. I watch the G one every year. Yes, like, okay. I, it ain't got to be four weeks. Every th- single it ain't match, be four guys, every or thirty-two guys. But every just, single match gets you two points, one point, or zero points. That's exciting to me. So just make the matches count for something, and I'll watch. Either way, both these matches were pretty fucking good. That I'll agree with. Seth Rollins, Damian yep. Priest, Nakamura. That was good. Yep, and. They made Cody look like a huge star at the beginning. Then Cody loses, which kind of opens it up. So I have to ask you guys now, who comes out of SmackDown? It's like Mysterio Edge. Well, there's my other problem. Drew McIntyre apparently has dropped off the face of the planet. Well, he's he's quitting. Well, in in kayfabe style. Okay, well, in kayfabe style, he was announced as a part of this tournament. Now he's not. That being said, Seth is already in. Edge makes sense. If For my personal preference, I want AJ, but I can see them going Edge. Zach, any uh, thoughts? Edge, Edge, Edge came out and said that he's going to win this World Heavyweight Championship and then when he loses it, he retires. And I think that that's decently perfect. Um, it's bad. If you're not going to do that, yeah. I feel like that's a great, great way to do it. That's a great angle because there's so many stories you can tell with Edge holding the belt and whoever beats him retires him. 
So we could yeah, be like every every match could, every match that he has is a retirement match. It could it could be like guys he respects. It could be like guys he hates. It could be like young guys. It can be old guys. Like they could tell a lot of different stories like that. Christian could come back on a SmackDown and just take him out. A Luchasaurus could come in and do the Lucha Bomb or whatever <laughs> whatever his finisher is called. Oh, Jesus anyway, it's Ed, it's Edge and Ray versus AJ Styles. Our Edge versus Ray versus AJ Styles. And then the other one is Seamus, Austin Theory, and Bobby Lashley. I'm going to say, I mean, Edge, Mysterio, and AJ Styles is, I could see any one of those guys winning that one. I think the other one is Bobby Lashley. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Lashley. AJ. Styles. That's, yep, that's what I was doing. What do you think, Zach? That would be cool. Um, Both then, guys I are on the SmackDown Lashley, show, so it makes sense. And who would win? I think Lashley is one of the last guys that you can put against oh. Roman, though, because they haven't done that. So that's, I don't think Lashley's going to I don't that's think true. they've done. But it's also. Have they done AJ? They're SmackDown guys, but this is a raw belt. I know. I just. That's another story for another time. I don't think they've done AJ versus Roman during this thousand day run. Um, okay. Um, obviously Edge has not gotten his, uh, one-on-one match with Roman. He's on SmackDown, so you can go that route. I mean, for me, it just feels like this is Seth's title to lose because now let's just say AJ wins. You got to move him and fucking OC over to, to Raw. Not like it's the huge deal, but you know. It's just kind of a deal. Edge can go anywhere he wants to. I like the fact that you guys are talking about Edge winning the title, and it feels like a, a Mickey James impact, you know, theory where it's, you know, anybody that beats me can retire me and takes the title versus, you know, Mickey, you know, building herself up to the title and her losing was her retirement, but still the same concept. Um, Lashley just feels like he should just be a Roman Reigns contender on the fact that I've, well, then, I've gotten to – I'm, I'm a double champ. I'm, listen, not two, I'm a two-time champion, not a listen, double champion. Austin Theory is not winning it. So it comes down to Lashley and Sheamus. I could see Edge, Ray, or Styles winning it, but I don't see Mysterio. So I see Edge or Styles and Sheamus, Sheamus and Lashley. So Edge, Lashley, Edge, Sheamus. <laughs> Styles, Sheamus, Styles, Lashley. Hmm? I'm taking Styles, Lashley. Sheamus would be, be a surprise. Oh my god, that is that is quite the prediction. I wouldn't be surprised. He with that won either. this week, though. He yeah, won this week. I wouldn't be surprised with that either. All right, that's gonna do it for us. Recount. One, two, three. Uh, anything else wrestling wise you guys want to talk about? Anything? Any movies you guys have seen? Um, I'll, I'll nerd out for thirty seconds. BSOJ starts tomorrow, twelfth um, to the twenty eighth. Should be a uh, a pretty good tournament. The battle, battle, super of junior. Yeah, um, guys that you might not think that's on the uh, the usual cast of suspects: Leo Rush, Clark Connors, making his first. Appearance in BSOJ, um, Mike Speedball Bailey, Dolph, oh, Bailey? 
yeah, uh, he's in the A block. He's my early, well, he's my winner to win the A block. Seth Brown in the B block. You got Speedball Mike Bailey, Leo Rush, and Clark Connors from Bullet Club. And it's his first appearance as Kevin Knight, Leo, uh, Kevin Knight, Clark Connors, Leo Rush, and Mike Bailey are first time uh, entrants in this year's BSOJ 30. And this is Clark Connors' first matches as a Bullet Club member, right? Second. He had one where he. Um, Don Taco? No, it was, it was. I think it was in like uh, it was in the states. He was either in Philly or Washington, where he he jumped DKC in one show, and then the following show they had a match. It was like five minutes long, and he squashed him. Do you see this, listeners? Do you hear this? Do you hear <laughs> the lengths that Jason goes to to be a journalist for you? No, I'm a fan, baby. I love it all. Uh, Zach, any other thoughts? Uh, I'm looking forward to that, um, but uh, I did see the new Guardians movie on Tuesday, and was that? Uh, it was maybe the best one, which is high praise because the other ones are quite I like good. two a lot. Yeah, it was uh, it was maybe the best one. Uh, so I'll say, with, you know, no spoilers. Uh, one of the best Marvel movies, uh, you know, just in general. And there's like thirty of those things now, so in the top five probably. Damn. Okay. I've never been a big uh, Guardians uh, Galaxy fan until the movies came out. I'll be honest. No, I wasn't either. Um, yeah, I, I didn't. I never had a Guardian comic when I was a kid. Nope. You guys good? Uh, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we could. <laughs> Listen, I'll, I'll cut this part out. I didn't mean to uh, invite you guys to. Get all nerded out and then nerd out. So, <laughs> I'll cut it out. Uh, so, don't invite me over. There. Don't even, uh, scare me with a good time. Shit, I'll kick this door in. Listen, I, I'll tell you what. I'm a dork, too. I watch wrestling. This is banned from ringside. <laughs> hey, everybody. We have some birthdays this week. Bobby Roode, 46. I miss Bobby Roode. Yeah, I know. Where'd he go? I think he had, like, neck fusion neck surgery. Neck fusion surgery, yeah. Like three, two or three different ones. I think he's probably done for a little bit, if not done, done. You got a Kushida guess? 42. Zach? Ooh. 39. Zach's closer. It's 40. Didn't go over either. Vader would have been 68. RIP. Matt Cardona, a.k.a. Zach Ryder, is 38. Good for him. Youngin. Just a youngin. He must have been really young back then with that shit. <laughs> you see the look on my face, right? Like, Jesus I think it's Christ. Unbelie- I think it's unbelievable, too. Uh, Good for him. Ron Simmons, a.k.a. Farouk. FSU's in the house. 65. Tom Lawler Damn. is 40. Uh, you know, they had him on, like the, this, right? on the list. They have him as the godfather. But you know what as I As Ron Simmons? No, no, no. For, they have him as the godfather. What's his name? What's the Godfather's name? Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, his real name? Yeah, everybody's screaming at us. <laughs> what is the Godfather's real name? I don't think it can go on until we have it. God damn it, do I have to look it up? Yeah, you're going to have to because I, I cannot. I'm getting it. Charles Wright. No, I would never would have got yeah, that. That, that was, is his name. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> never. <laughs> in a trillion years. I, I have it written down as the good father because that was his name and right from censor. Okay. Right see, to, then right then, to okay, censor. Okay, see that. 
Mike Canellis is 38. Trick question. Earl Hebner is 74. Dave Hebner. You want to guess how old he is? 74. That's right. They're twins. Can you tell them apart? Can you tell them apart? I was for a long time. I thought he was the guy that, you know, turned on Hulk Hogan and got them, lost him the title. I was like, what the fuck is this? Speaking of not being able to tell them apart, Dash Wilder is 36. <laughs> I sent the birthday card to Dax Harwood. Hey everybody, I know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you guys listening to our you podcast. For Murray the Merman Murray, Check. for Lucha Chris, Check. for Patriot Pat, Check. for Tender Mahal, Check. for Soul Taco, Check. for Sideways in Time, for JJ Twigs, for Check. Check. they don't do that anymore. I know. Uh, for Millie, for Xander the, the Cat, funny part. for Check. 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 the Dog, for Aaron my wife. Uh, it's my uh, nephew's birthday. Hey, Cash. Happy Check. birthday for like Vice Check. for two beers, Agbo. I'm sorry, three, three beers, Agbo. For Triple Chuck. Black Lives Matter. And Check. never, ever forget the Boo the Heels. Boo, bitch. Happy Mother's Day.